What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, Leo. Yo, yo. And making her return after a long mission in Budapest. <laughs> Meg the Geek is back for what is up? How are you? Good. I miss you guys. How you been? Good, good, good. Hanging in there. Uh, for all the listeners, we are very happy to report that Leo, myself, and Meg will be at New York Comic Con after a stressful 45 minutes. Uh, we were able to get our tickets. Um, shout out to New York Comic Con for eliminating four-day passes and making us do extra clicks. But it's all good. We'll be we'll be there in October. Very happy to be back and hearing the polls drop while we wait to get into the con. Uh, clank, clank, clap, clap. So today, Meg is making a return because I do not know anyone that has been more enthusiastic on social media about Black Widow than Meg. So I decided to like, you know what? Leo's our Marvel guru, but Meg is like the Black Widow guru. So we decided to bring her in to share her thoughts on the movie. And I have a feeling most of, actually all of us will have the same sentiments of how much we enjoyed the movie. So, but before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. Um... Scream is now 100% complete. I thought this movie was done last year, but it is now done with post-production. 100% complete. The movie will come out on, I think, January 14, 2022. I'll start off with Meg because we've spoken off the line how much we love Scream. Are you excited? One. And two, do you wish the movie was called Five Cream? As in the S would have been substituted for a five. Okay, you know what? I never thought of it that way. I always thought of, um, I always thought of it as Scream Five. Mm-hmm. But after what they did with Scream Four, mm-hmm. making the A the four, it makes perfect sense if you did it that way, or if they did it that way. So yeah, I'm very disappointed. Um, I I know we haven't seen a trailer, but I know the core cast is back. That's gonna be amazing. But it's like not having Wes around. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little worried because we've seen this happen before. Yeah, I agree. I uh, when the news first dropped, I was very hesitant because of that. I'm like, Scream should not be around if Wes is not around. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Ready or Not. The directors from Ready or Not are the ones that are directing this, and it's a. Uh, I believe they're writing this. They wrote the script as well, so I am holding out hope that it is at least better than Scream Three. That's all. That's like the bar that I have it. <laughs> if it's better than Scream Three, I'm good to go. Um. It's very interesting that it's releasing in January is my only yeah, yeah somewhat hesitation. But well, the calendar has rem- shifted so much now that I don't think January means anything anymore. Well, if you remember, Scream 1 released in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this... So it's not too crazy. Yeah, the reason, I'm, the reason the January date frightened me was because January is usually like the dump month for movies. True. December is kind of like blockbuster months. You know Scream's going to make money. Let's just yeah. throw it in December, like Wonder Woman eighty four was it was in December, stuff like that. But I'm excited, Leo. Are you? Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not as big a horror aficionado as you two, uh, but, I mean, Scream definitely played a part in like, me growing up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably hold off a little, just, like, like tentatively and see, like, what the reception is before I watch it. I will definitely see it, but I um, I mirror your sentiments on uh, on Wes Craven not, not being around for, for this. It's, like, a little, like, lukewarm. Like, I hope they'll do, like, a... I mean, this definitely will feel more of like a honorary, like an honor of Wes Craven film, where we're going to see a lot of allusions to his like history and his ways of doing films. Yep. Uh, so if done well, this could be like a real big like tearjerker. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, next bit of news here. Um, have you guys seen the Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando Guys and Dolls musical? No. Uh, like a children's production of it forever ago. So I. That counts. I was like maybe ten, so. So it was it was one of my favorite musicals growing up, and then when I saw it when I was older, I realized that it should not be almost three hours. But they are remaking it, and Bill Condon, the writer of Chicago, is going to direct the movie. So that is fun. Uh, I since you guys really don't haven't seen it, I will move on to the next bit of news, which is uh, a Meg. Full disclosure, uh, Jenny and I watched. I watched Sex in the City for the first time about a month ago. For the first time? First time. I I I never thought it was a show for me. So I just never gave gave it a shot and then okay. Jen and I have been kind of like just binging sitcoms and just different shows throughout like the pandemic or whatever. So she's like, "Do you want to watch do you want to give Sex in the City a shot?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll give a few episodes a shot. We kind of have like a five episode range on something I pick or she picks." That and I absolutely loved it like the show <gasps> i loved it so i prefaced that by saying that we got our first look at miranda yes and carrie and charlotte in the upcoming just like that and i they look great i mean they look fantastic just want to start off saying that i did want to ask you guys i mean meg you've probably seen the show leo you've seen a few episodes do you think they'll be that the missing girl will be will be missed. Oh, I mean, I love Samantha. Yeah, Samantha. So, was, I I know yeah. you're just kind of getting into it, but mm. I know the show was supposed to be revolving around Carrie, but Samantha stole the show, Absolutely. the whole the whole series. Yep. Um, I actually don't really care for Carrie too much, but that's that's a story for another day. Oh, okay. I Spoken like a true fan. Spoken yep, like because a I, fan. I 100%. so when we finished, I told Jenny, and I want to. I'm glad you mentioned that when we finished, I was like, like, babe, I'm like, do am I a terrible person to say that I think Carrie is like awful? And she's like, no, 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 you're 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 good. She is a terrible person. She makes Charlotte stupid decisions. Yes, yes, Charlotte I, is the best. <laughs> I I think Char- for me like I'm more of a Miranda. I love her sarcasm yeah. and she's yes. just like a badass. Um but Charlotte is like the ideal of the four. Like she is like the most put together I think of the four. Uh she- Yeah, go ahead. Wait wait until there's a certain episode since you said you like Miranda. Oh, we're done. I don't- I'm done. Oh, you're done. Yeah, yeah. I- one of my favorite Miranda moments is um I forget what season it is. I want to say maybe season 3 where she goes to she goes to like throw something out and then she sees like something in the garbage and then she just grabs it out and eats it again. Cause I feel like we've all been there at uh, some point yeah. in our lives. Oh uh, yeah. And it's just so relate. It's such a small moment, but it's so, so relatable. And I think and that's I what makes the show. I think they're the smaller moments and their friendship is what kind of makes the show for me. Um, and I'm a big fan of entourage. Now I know where that idea came from because entourage is essentially a 
guy version Damn. of Sex and, in the and, City. And just like Entourage, Vinny Chase was like the least interesting character He's terrible. on that show, He's too. awful. I will say, if I had to hang out with one of them, I'd still hang out with Carrie over Vinny Chase. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm with you on that. Yeah, Vinny now, Chase wait, is terrible. Have you seen the movies? Yes. Okay, so my thoughts on the movies are this. I understand, like, the way I feel about the Entourage movie is the way I feel about the Sex and the City movies. They just feel like two and a half hour episodes. The first movie I did like a lot. I was entertained by both. I actually did like the first movie a lot because I felt like there was an actual, like, story to it in terms of we want to see what happens with Big and Carrie. Do they get married? Blah, 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 blah. The second one felt like an absolute cash grab. Like, let's just go to the most the most extravagant locations and then you know let's see how much money hbo will spend to get us here um but i'm looking forward to the show the show should be very interesting i'm uh samantha will be missed like you kind of nailed it i didn't like her the first three episodes but she just continued to grow and grow and she is hilarious as we get to the end i have a question for you yes who do you think carrie should have been with not big not big we talked about this the other day (laughs) i'm team aiden 100 me too team aiden all day time aiden is too good for her yeah he is he absolutely is charlotte i was actually i'm glad you mentioned that because when they broke up the last time i was like man i I, it sucks because i really like aiden i kind of while it's very small i kind of like that we see him again we find out he's married he has kids like good he that's the ending he deserved to have like as much as you nailed it like carrie doesn't deserve aiden carrie deserves big they're both perfect for each other because they're, they're both horrible like yeah, they're just toxic. They're toxic for each other. exactly yes. yes i actually said like i told jenny i was and i want to see what you guys think i think when we get the show back they're probably divorced oh god i hope so i mean what <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah look for that i think it's early 2022 i'm not sure if it i heard spring spring okay so it makes sense because succession comes back at the end of the year and i don't think they want to coincide two big releases around the same time uh the other big news is um leo i start with you are you uh are you a fan of barbie of course i'm a fan of barbie (laughs) are you a friend a fan of greta gerwig that you cannot say that you're not a fan of Greta Gerwig. So yeah. Greta Gerwig is directing the Margot Robbie starring Barbie film. Listen, yeah. I am more intrigued about this than I have any right to be because not only is Greta directing, she's writing the script with Noah Baumbach. Wow. So I, I think it may be interesting. Meg, what do you think? Um, I never thought in 2021 we would be getting a live action Barbie movie. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm trying not to judge a book by its cover. Yep. Yep just because it's barbie um i am open to it but i don't think it's something i'm going to be rushing to the theaters day one to see yeah i'm with you 100 percent. maybe week two or three <laughs> for yeah i agree week two or three when there's no one in the theater and it's just me and i'm like maybe you <laughs> know you're not embarrassed exactly dark sunglasses with a hat <laughs> yep unless it goes to like hbo max or something and then i'm like i could just watch it from home <laughs> next up did you guys see the tomorrow war not yet. not yet okay i saw it i didn't really like it but a lot of people did and it's getting a sequel um when you guys see the movie i can't really touch it on based on it anymore you'll probably wonder how we're getting a sequel but we are getting a sequel and chris pratt is returning so uh that look look out for that and then the last two bits of news leo i know you watch mostly everything on tv um did you see the witcher Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. season two is coming back on December 17th. 
Um, look, we'll probably get a panel at New York Comic Con thinking about it regard yep. regarding The Witcher. They definitely will. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the show? I haven't watched it. I I know the game. I just never saw the show. Leo, what are your thoughts on the show? I went into it pretty blind. I'm not a gamer at all, so I didn't know any of the content. I knew there was a huge type of like fandom behind it when it was announced, and people were like, excited about it. Then I saw the cast, and I was like, oh, I'll give this a shot. It was like one of those, like, it was on Netflix. It's recommended for me. I'm like, I trust you, Netflix. Sure, go. <laughs> um, and uh, and it, was, it was good. It was really, really good. It, it definitely gave me that, like, Game of Thrones uh, fix. Where it's like, ooh, extended world, mystical beast type of thing, like like knights and armor and dragons. I was like, all right, I'm interested. I, I could definitely see this being a thing. And then little by little, I started realizing, oh, I'm like a novice at this. There's a whole universe that everyone knows about about this content. And now, Meg, and now Meg, who is the gamer, what are your thoughts if you've seen it? Um, I have not seen it yet. Okay. Um, I've actually never played any of the Witcher games. They're not exactly my genre. Um, but I have friends who are so heavily invested. I also don't have like 70,000 hours to invest in the story of the game. Yeah. Um, but I've heard that they're really good at keeping true to the series. That's good. So I'm curious to see what they do with season two. Nice. I have not played the game as well. Uh, but Henry Cavill is Henry Cavill. So maybe I'll give it a shot once we get closer to season two and watch season one. And the last bit of news is, um, Zack Snyder is going to keep his relationship up with Netflix and he's going to direct Rebel Moon, which was an original Star Wars script that he submitted and rejected. So he reworked oh. the script to have, you know, different names for the characters and so, so on and so forth. And it's com- coming to Netflix. Um, I like that his relationship with Netflix is continuing because, um, I liked Army of the Dead and I thought he was allowed to kind of do what he wanted to do there and he wasn't, you know, stringed back by his studio. So, I'm looking forward to what his quote-unquote Star Wars idea was. Uh, Leo, did you see Army of the Dead? I did not see Army of the Dead. Um, I am very excited for the Snyder uh, Rebel Moon and then for the, I guess, follow-up, the Snyder cut of the Rebel Moon and all the Twitter fandom uproar that will come with it. Restore Restore the Rebel Moon cut? Yeah, undoubtedly, you know it's coming, so yeah. Yeah, you haven't been on it a while, Meg, but we actually, we all a crow on Snyder Cut, and we all oh, liked it. Oh, I was looking forward to your post about it. Yeah, I, when I got that screener that weekend, I was like, alright, I'm gonna do this in one sitting, and I was so surprised. I've never been actually more surprised watching a movie, like, ever. And I'm going to say something to you that yeah. I've been wanting to say for a long time. I told you time. so? Yep. <laughs> hey, I, I, last summer I said I'm going to say those words to you one day. I ate I ate the crow. I I was completely wrong. I while I do think it's still too long, I think it's much more rich in themes and character development. It is very very good. But in terms of this, uh, the relationship with Netflix, are you on you're on board with them continuing their relationship? Definitely. Awesome. So- that is all the news for the week. Um, let's get into what we watched. Leo, see anything? See anything new this week? Pretty slow for me. Um, I I started. So it's funny. I, like last week, I kind of also mentioned that I, I, I've been like on a three week like vampire occult stuff like binge. So um, I, I finally landed in the world of um, of Nosferatu. Um, a series like, with Zachary, uh, Zachary Quinto. Nice. Is it based um, on the 1931 silent film? No, so it's not based on the 30 silent film, but what it is based on is a, a novel by um, by Joe Hill. 
Okay. Which which you I guess you'll recognize his name as uh, the son of Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't know it was based on anything like literature wise. I went into it thinking it was going to be more vampire-y than it really was. It's a cool series. Zachary Kinto does a fantastic job of different age groups, different character types. Um, very, very recommended. Um, and then I ended up watching Fear Street uh, Part 1. I haven't watched Part 2 yet. Um, it was cool. Another one that I didn't realize is there was like, a, like a, some, some literature behind it. So like fans of like that read will be a lot more like looking into like Easter eggs and things that are mentioned. I, I heard that the book series is a little bit more like Goosebumps where it's like different books and different like they're all like centralized in their themselves. Mm-hmm. They're like self-containing stories. And then it's like an expanded universe. Whereas this movie kind of like combines elements from all the different books instead of like it being a straight from the book adaptation. Um, and watched Loki, which I feel like everyone on this call probably watched. And uh, and, and a little a little indie film uh, called uh, Independent Film Black Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. So a little, little little small little film that came out from an unknown studio. Huh? What's Black Widow? I never heard of it. It's about a spider. <laughs> yeah, oh, interesting. It's actually a documentary about the Black Widow spider. Oh, it's about okay. it's about two and a half hours. Very interesting. Um, smells like Teen Spirit played throughout the two and a half hours, <laughs> just like over on repeat. Um, what about what about you, Meg? Any highlights outside of Black Widow? Um, I've honestly just been kind of binging just reality shows, just because nice. I haven't really been wanting to put so, any thought into anything I've been yeah. watching. Just kind of just sit back, relax. So I've actually been rewatching all the Housewife shows. <laughs> Listen, Jenny likes the housewife shows too. I I used to watch Love and Hip Hop, so trust me, I I have my okay, yeah. reality TV shame too. And I and I um I don't know if this is like falls on the line to be shame. I I watch Total Divas on okay, E. That's, that's just oh, the that shame right there. Sense. That tracks. That makes sense. That that's like a Dave. <laughs> that's like a Dave show just because I watch wrestling. Um. Yep. Yes. Oh, and botched. I've been rewatching botched. What's on what, E? What's that? So it's uh. Two the two main doctors, Doctor okay. Bro and Do- um, Doctor Nassif, they were actually one is married to one of the housewives of Orange County, and the other one is the ex husband of a, original housewife of Beverly Hills. Um, they are like two renowned uh, plastic surgeons, and they either fix surgeries that were completely botched, like maybe somebody who got like implants in Mexico um, that were horrible and like deflated, or somebody who got an accident and their nose is all messed up. Gotcha. And, of course, you have some people whose lips are, like, gigantic, and they're like, I want more. And they're like, no. So you see train wrecks, and you see some great stories. And every now and then, E will just put a marathon of it on, and I just sit there, and I just I watch all the gory, all the goriness, and it's great. Nice. Um, on my end, I saw um, – I don't know if I mentioned this with you, Leo, last week to these two movies. I saw uh, – I can actually talk about this now. The embargo lifts this week to – I saw the Nicolas Cage movie Pig. <laughs> you did Never not heard of that. Um, it's a neon production. I saw it about three weeks ago. Uh, and I haven't really been able to talk about it until now. It is Nicolas Cage's best performance in years. It is I mean, like, like, I mean, this is no, not, like not no, 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 like sincerely, he is fantastic in it. Oh. It is so good. Because it's not Rage Cage at all. It is a very subdued Nicolas Cage. It's more of a character study. And yes, it does revolve around him owning a pig. But it is just like a lot more than that. Uh, the movie drops this week, I believe. But 
if you're into Cage not just being like over the top, this is actually a very interesting character study. It it is a little bit slow paced, but compared to what we're used to getting with Cage, this is a like really really solid compared to the stuff some of the stuff he's done lately. I uh, highly recommend it. The other movie I can talk about now is um well by the time this drops, the embargo would have been lifted. I saw Gunpowder Milkshake, which <gasps> drops on Netflix. On Friday, I saw it on I saw it Wednesday or Thursday of last week, and it is so good. I'm so jealous. Oh, it, nice. I I have wondered why Karen Gillian doesn't get more lead roles, and she always seems to be like on the back end of the supporting. She is fantastic as the lead of this movie. She is really great, and I it feels the best way to comp- the best way to describe it it would be a john if it's a female john wick there you know how you sold me you know how you have the continental in john wick you have something called the firm in gunpowder milkshake and netflix already greenlit a sequel last week so i was wondering i'm like oh i wonder if it's as good as you know that it got approved you know greenlit for a sequel and then i got my screener that day and i was like oh my god this is like really good it's a bit long like it's close to two hours it feels like it 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 should belong in like the hour 40 45 range but the character development on it is fantastic i am all in on the future of this as like a giant world building franchise so i think meg i think you're gonna love it leo i think you're gonna love it i think you're absolutely gonna love it um and i also saw and I, I know Meg is a fan of this because I've seen her social media posts. I don't know if I mentioned this last week either, Leo. I saw the movie Till Death. Did I mention that last week? No. So I cannot wait to see it, but I refuse to spend the money on it right now. I, w- I mean, it's worth spending, but I wouldn't spend it. So I totally, I totally well, get you. Get it on Blu-ray when it comes out. That's exactly yeah. what I'm yep. waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm not the biggest Megan Fox fan. And, you know, it is what it is. She is fantastic in this movie like i think like for me i just thought it was just going to be oh another vod you know megan fox movie like let me not even take it serious i'm not even asked for a screener so a screener was sent over and then when i saw it i was like oh wow like she is fantastic it is it's essentially a one location horror film but there's a twist that happens i don't know if you saw the trailer it the twist is in the trailer and how she maneuvers and the director maneuvers through that specific twist is very, very intriguing and very interesting. And she she is, like I said, she's fantastic. I would actually love for her to do more horror because I think this is the first horror movie she's done since Jennifer's Body. Yeah, Jennifer's yeah. Body. So, but I, Meg, you're going to love it. I think you really will right, like I it. I have a question for you. Yes. Since you were kind of talking about like one, uh, one location, yes. when I first saw the trailer, it gave me massive Gerald's Game vibes. Yes. Perfect. That's a perfect, perfect comparison. Then I'm it's gonna not, love it. It's not. A, I will say it's not as good as Gerald's game, but it's okay. it's still really enjoyable. It's really, really, really enjoyable. I was like so I'm surprised. So it's definitely on like my list of most anticipated movies of this year. Yeah, I think you definitely will come out of there saying, "Yo, like Mega Fox killed it," because it's essentially a one woman show because she has no one to work with. So you you will you you'll see. And, That's all I'll and say. That takes, that takes skill because mm-hmm. remember when yeah. um with Blake Lively, people were very iffy on if she was going to be able to do that movie. Oh, I love the shell. Oh my god, the shell is phenomenal. Yes. And like it takes a certain stature of acting to be able to pull it off. I mean, Tom Hanks, we knew he could pull it off with Castaway, 
Blake Lively killed it with the shallows, and now Megan Fox. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of, it, I love this. Uh, how we can transition? You mentioned Blake Lively before. I saw uh, the new Gossip Girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I um. So I love that is such a guilty pleasure. I adore Gossip Girl, like the OG. And I was just, my thoughts are like, why? The trailer had me thinking was more going to be, I wanted the over the topness like that the OG had. I thought it was just going to be like Euphoria because it's an HBO show. Um, so this show does something different. I won't tell you who it is, but you find out who Gossip Girl is in the first fifteen minutes of the series. Oh. It's either it's either going to make or break it for you, but I personally love the direction they went. Um. And it is very much over the top. It is ridiculous. And more than likely, it would never happen in real life. Essentially, the, <laughs> the, the, only, the problem with the show is that you can have with the original. Essentially, it's about you know bullying and justifying bullying and stuff like that. But I dug it. And then the last thing, the last two things I wanted to mention before we get into like the main topics. Um, I saw Fear Street 1978. Which uh, yeah, I yeah. like more than Fear Street 1994. It reminiscent of a 1980s Friday the 13th movie, but with the gore up to like a hundred. Um, it's I liked it a lot. I think it's the best one out of the of the two, and I highly doubt it's going to be that. This is not going to be better than 1666 next week. Um, but yeah, it's very very good. The gore in it is fantastic, so I think you guys will like it. And then going to. Hey. Question about seventy eight. Yes. Are these these three films are they directed by the same director? Yes. Or are they okay? Yes. So that it is the same director. One giant story then. And then if I'm cor- if I if I'm correct, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm right on this, but I believe seventy eight was the last one to be filmed. And you can kind of tell the direction in this is much more like on point compared to ninety four. And Got then it. I'm gonna preface this because I know Leo's gonna laugh at this. I'm gonna preface this. The last thing I saw this week. I'm going to preface it by calling it the greatest thing Will Ferrell has ever been a part of. <laughs> oh, God. Wow, that's a crazy comment. I saw, finally, I saw the show Succession. And oh. Will, Will Ferrell is the producer on Succession. He's got, some, he's got some dope producer credits, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, Leo, I don't know why I waited so long. This is the best show on television. I told you it, when it started. When it started, when Brian Cox started dominating the award shows for TV, I'm like, it, it piqued my interest. And then, like, the show's cast is the like, most despicable cast of characters, mm-hmm. and like, it still gets your attention, though, man. I'm so glad you jumped on. Yeah, Jer- uh, Jer- Jeremy, I, uh, uh, Jeremy Scott. That's his name. Strong, Jeremy. Strong. Jeremy Strong. He is the best to me on the show. And Kira- how much do you love Jeremy Strong's performance in um in the trial of the Chicago Seven now compared to how he is on this show? It's very solid, but nothing compared to this. This right? is this is fantastic. <laughs> and then I will say, Kieran Culkin has officially kind of like stepped out of his brother's shadow so with much. this show because he is he's the second best in the show outside of like Brian Cox and and Jeremy yeah. Strong. They are like he is so damn good. The show is hilarious. It's the best written show on TV. The best performed show on TV. I am like so hooked. I was wondering what HBO would replace Game of Thrones with in terms of their like top tier show, and it only took them a year to get another top tier like yeah. show. It is fantastic, and then of course Loki and Black Widow. Um, Meg, you, I think you told me I thought you haven't seen Loki yet, right? I have not. Okay, Aww, I assumed. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no, it's quite all right. Um, 
you know what? Like, I have I have friends that absolutely love Loki that would die for Loki. I don't see the attraction. That's just me. Um, so I've never really been a fan of his character. So he's the series that I'm okay with if I skip. But I feel like I'm going to have to watch it anyway for the future of MCU. It is very much like Leo and I won't spoil our discussion on the episode, but yeah. it is very much engraved into where we're going with the MCU. Like it's it's actually very important to ah, watch. Crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it and they let you know from episode one, you need this to know what's gonna lead to what we're gonna get in the next few years. So you kind of do have to watch it. I mean, I definitely will. I think it's gonna be one of those things that like I will probably only watch just for mm-hmm. prepping Content. for the yeah, next the, big movie. Yeah. Because yeah. Black Widow, you didn't really need it. No, that's why it works so well. It's such a standalone, right. self-contained story. Uh, but Leo, in terms of Loki this week, uh, without spoiling it, I think this is the best show out of any of the series so far. So you do rank this above WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Episode, Soldier. episode. Like, individual episode. I think this episode. Oh, not this the series. Episode. Like, yeah. episode. Like, individual one. I think this is the... This is up there with the finale of WandaVision. Like, yeah. I think it's so damn good. And I think Marvel, Feige, and Disney put more money into this than any other episode of any other series, I think. It looks like that. Yeah, as far as the CGI used, I, I did love the fact that the episode is really just a series of conversations happening between yeah. different people. And like you do get a lot of more like backstory and just some some interesting information and some interesting mm-hmm. characters. I, um, I need Richard E. Grant in my life for the rest of my life classic loki is amazing have you seen that photo meg i don't want to spoil it i have seen it but i have so much trouble picturing richard grant from anything but spice world he's in spice world (laughs) yes who is he in spice world clifford they're like they're uh like the one trying to get them to to be honest i was like baby spice of course he's playing baby spice yeah so like it's he's like such a huge character and that was the first thing i had ever seen him in so now I see him in anything else. I'm like, Clifford. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't even know. I did not remember that at all. Um, Leo, Big Bad, is it who we think it is? Or uh, Mephisto has let me down. A no, dark it's not. I it's not trust. him. It's I, can, not, I cannot trust. I him not after one division said no. I I'm not going to say Mephisto ever again until I see him on screen. I want the big bad to be the person you think it's the big bad. I really do. Cause I think it'll blend perfectly into where the movies are going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I can't trust any, t- I can't trust too soon. Oh, I don't I trust need, Marvel. I, I don't trust Marvel. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mar- Marvel will take it away from us before we even, before, before we even get it. Uh, the only reason I have doubt that it may be the person I've been thinking it is, is because that person's movie where a movie is, doesn't come out for another year and a half. So that's kind of yeah. where I'm like, damn like why would they introduce him to not really have him around for another year and a half even when thanos was introduced they introduced thanos before brolin's thanos yeah so i mean unless they do something like that where they like before we get like um majors yeah, yeah no i think the only thing i could think of is when we first got thanos and avengers they always it was we got him literally two movies after in guardians of the galaxy so True. it wasn't too long after that we saw him again. So that's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, Loki season finale is this week. I am looking forward to it. And now we can talk about the movie we are all here for. Uh, Black Widow, finally here. 20, 26 months after it was originally... Wow. Oh, no, no. twelve, No, 14 months is the original release. And 26 months since the last 
MCU film. MCU film, right? I I did not have high expectations for this. I expected it to be too little too late in terms of it would feel more like a phase one MCU film. And I can start off by saying I'm glad that I was wrong in terms of like where my expectations were. I think it's not mid-tier Marvel. It's closer. It's not top-tier for me, but it's leaning mm-hmm. in that direction. I yes. think this is the best opening to any Marvel movie ever. Like, the ever. Opening credits. Opening credits are incredible. There is something so haunting about a child singing an iconic rock song from the 90s. And that smells like Teen Spirit opening over the like the enslaved girls and child soldiers was very, very powerful. It was um, haunting. Haunting. So haunting. Perfect, perfect word, yeah. I think the movie I think the movie does despite the fact that it's very self contained in terms of it feels like it doesn't have any stakes, it actually does. Because I think it do- has I think it touches on themes that a lot of people may not look at. Like I for me it touches on child ensla- child enslavement, female enslavement, child soldiers. Like it touches on those themes that you know it's kind of dark for a marvel film it touches on things that marvel films have not touched on before um i love the fact that while i'm glad that um black widow got her first movie i'm glad that it just wasn't about her that it was a family dynamic because that only gave us her backstory but it pushed the mcu forward something i did not expect at all um and yeah i mean we're going to talk about more more about in detail in a second but general thoughts I'm I'm saving the best for last year, so Leo, you're next. What do you think? <laughs> no, I, I I totally yeah. I mean, as far exactly what you mentioned, I I went into it just expecting a good Marvel movie, which at worst can be somewhere around the world of like Thor: The Dark World. No, easy, easy. I was like, <laughs> there's a few things that I will say is going to be Thor: Dark World, but I thought I was expecting maybe something like, um, I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Like, it's, yeah, it's and it's so much better it's than be that. Fun to watch. But I didn't expect like how deep we went into the character. Like I, I was hoping to see a little bit more of a certain country in Europe, but uh, same. But I mean that didn't happen. I, I thought that the new int- the, the new introduction of the new characters were fantastic. <laughs> I think this movie fits very very well after Civil War. Like if you could, if it would have been released after Civil War, I think this movie would have been done even better and would probably be even higher in my rankings. Uh, but like, it's a weird place to put it, and when it was released. Uh, but there's nothing to say against Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, uh, Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz. Like the cast was awesome. The visuals were awesome. Um, it felt if this felt more like a callback to Winter Soldier mm-hmm. than any other movie since since Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And you, you you know how much I love Winter Soldier. Yep. So I was like, yeah, I loved it. Meg, the floor is yours. Okay. Let me start by saying the moment you started saying Black Widow, my heart started racing, <laughs> and I'm getting really emotional right now. Like, I know you've seen my social media post of how yeah. excited I am for Black Widow, but that doesn't even, like, compare to really how excited I am. Um, it's just, I was sobbing even before the trailers in the theater started. It was, like, it was, I know it was really supposed to be the kickoff to Phase 4, but with, you know, the panorama, I won't say the real word, you know, it got delayed. It was still the, it was still the perfect first film for Phase 4. Um, like just seeing with Yelena's vest and seeing the handoff of that. I'm probably getting into some spoilers here, but whatever. And just seeing the handoff, it just made it so emotional. 
Um, and they, they did such an amazing job with handing the baton dun, 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 from, <laughs> from Nat to Yelena. <laughs> and, you know, it really did an amazing job with showing the difference between the two. Uh, we'll call we'll just call them sisters because you know sisters um like nat got to get out of the uh red room and was able to live her life as an avenger while yelena didn't get to get out she was still highly skilled in all the areas she was trained in like nat but had zero clue on how to live her life unlike nat giving her that innocent kid-like vibe and it really helped show just how similar they were but yet at the same scene at the same time how different they were Mm mm-hmm um, and also, I was very happy to see that without spoiling anything. Uh, go spoil it. Little... Go for it. Spoil it. She got her dog. Yes, Danny. She got her dog. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, should I say my should I say my downsides now, or should I wait a little bit? Oh, yeah, we're all gonna say our downsides on it, but we can keep going in terms of the positives. Um, I've been a Florence Pugh fan for years, yeah. and um. I think she is one of the best young actresses in Hollywood. And I was wondering, I'm like, you're not going to bring Flo-Flo in here and not expand her role in the future. She is so great in this. I think she's the best in show. Like, I think she gives the best performance in the movie. She is fantastic. She is hilarious. And she also is able to blend in that, that comedy with, with drama. And she is such a badass. I love everything that she does in this film. I think that she, is on point thanks to the work that Gal Gadot, Scarlett Johansson has done in the comic book universe to get her solo film a lot faster than ScarJo got hers. ScarJo had to wait, yeah. And like, yeah. I wanted to touch on something you said, Leo. Like, it would hindsight twenty twenty. If this came out when it should have come out in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, it kind of would have definitely been higher in the rankings. But I think we owe so much gratitude to Gal Gadot and DC for doing the right thing and getting us a Wonder Woman movie that kicked ass that opened Marvel's eyes and Feige's eyes like yo like a woman can lead a comic book film and make money and literally save save the world from what Meg called the panorama because this movie essentially saved the box office because it's going to make I believe yeah. it's it's going to gross 120 million dollars or 125 something on those lines and that was over projections many people saw 89 90 and the movie is going to make over a hundred million dollars. It just shows the power of Marvel and shows the power of the character. How much people have wanted this. Um, yep. I think David Harbour was hilarious in this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about the Red Guardian. So Leo is he essentially rushes Captain America? Yeah. yeah so Red Guardian, and, and it's funny because much like Captain America, there's been different individuals that have held held the mantle of Red Guardian. Mm-hmm. But um, Alexi is is definitely like the one of the, like the main people that people think of with him, um, and yeah, he's he's essentially Russia's like back when these com- when these comic combo characters were created, there was always like a Russian yeah. equal. So like he was the Russian Captain America, Crimson Dynamo was the Russian Iron Man. Um, so would you call like, Red yeah. Guardian the Marvel version of Ivan Drago? <laughs> oh, yes, actually, yes. Um, in terms of the twist and turns that the finale gave us, were you on board with that? Because the movie does offer a lot of different little twists at the end. Were you okay with so many twists in the final act, uh, Meg? You know what? I was mm-hmm. because a lot of times with the final fights, 
you kind of know, okay, this is the final fight. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. You know who's going to lose and who's going to win. And this one, that's at the edge of my seat. Yeah. You didn't really know exactly what, like, you knew you knew Black Widow was going to survive, obviously. Yeah. But everyone else, especially in, um, in a certain cell. Yeah. yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I, and that's kind of where we're going to get into, like, our more downsides of the movie. I, I think the twist works too. I think the whole aspect of where they went with the movie works because we all know what Nats and, and turned up to be. And mm-hmm. however we feel about that, it sucks. But knowing Marvel, who knows? They may bring her back from the dead. They bring, they seem to bring everyone back from the dead. So who well, knows? Comic books, right? People shouldn't be surprised. Comic books have been doing this for decades. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne has died many, many times. And, and he's uh, human. And he's human. <laughs> so I can see them bringing her back eventually some way, some, somehow. But no, in terms of they created stakes when this movie shouldn't have had any because we knew yeah. that. And, and Dave, yeah. I love the fact that you called the stakes in this too, because then you said like this movie had stakes. To think back to Rogue One, right? That movie supposedly had no stakes because you knew where it fit in the timeline. So there's you knew that ultimately, like what impact this is going to have. And eventually, you love all those characters. Yep. You fell in love with every single one of those characters in that film. It's like, oh wow, I did care about this in between time here. Literally, everyone on the cast of Black Widow was able to get killed off, except with. Scarlet, oh yeah, and um, and Flo. Yeah, no, and, then- it, and it's funny. Um, you 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 nail it on that. Another thing that I wanted to touch on, get your thoughts on before I forget to mention it. Um, the hand to hand combat in the movie is top notch. It reminded me a lot of the Born Legacy, the Born the yes. Born series, especially the one with Flo and ScarJo right at the beginning, their first hand to hand combat. I thought it was fantastic. The one in the apartment yeah. is fantastic. So it reminded me a lot of the Born series. I it. Does so much right, man. It really, really yeah. does. But we do have some qualms with the movie. I'm going to start with who a villain I don't hold any close relationship to, but I was still excited to see them on the screen. We'll talk spoiler in a second. So Taskmaster. Um, so right now, in terms of we had to say yay or nay, I'm more on the yay nay. I'm kind of like dead <laughs> in the middle. I don't know whether to love it or 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 hate where they went with it. Leo, you kind of spoke to me yesterday that you were more yes. yay, and you saw the movie three more times yesterday. So yes. go for it. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of, I think it's probably the most polarizing question of anyone that's watched Black Widow and yep. is a fan of the comics is Taskmaster. The treatment of the character, where they, where they went with the story. Um, after watching the first time, I was just like a geek kid, super happy to have Taskmaster in live action. And have, have Taskmaster replicate people's fighting abilities was just amazing to see and really cool. Um, then after like watching it twice more, <laughs> um, like that a prisoner of the moment kind of like died down a little. And I started looking at it at a little bit of a different lens. Is this really how I want Taskmaster portrayed? And that's it. I still am holding out. It depends where they go with this. In the comics, Taskmaster becomes one of like the premier mercenaries and trainers for all criminal enterprises. Like, he trains Hydra. He trains AIM. Um, he's responsible for all the henchmen from all the different bad companies. And he even goes on to train S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Like, Taskmaster is the one, it's ultimately like, uh, like Lady Shiva in DC Comics or Batman in DC Comics as far as fighting ability. 
if they go and they move forward with it, because the actress that's playing Taskmaster is a pretty big name too. She's like a former Bond girl. Yeah. So like, it's not like they, they picked anyone to be the role. So if, even if Taskmaster becomes part of this new Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts team that seems to be getting formed on the side, I think I'll be much more happy with it. I still need to see where they go with the character to fully say whether I'm yay or nay. Meg? All right, I will start by saying I don't read the comics too much, so I had no idea. Like I, when I first saw Taskmaster, it was for the Avengers video game, mm-hmm. so that was my first inkling of it at all. So I had that was my not only knowledge, and I was so hyped up to see what Taskmaster was gonna do, and I was disappointed. Like I, from the beginning, I, I knew who Taskmaster was gonna be. And I was kind of hoping that I, I was wrong. Was that man. Meg? Sorry to cut you off. Was that spoiled for you? You just kind of had a feeling yeah, that was. Yeah, Um, am I? Are we allowed to say spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. The second we saw that she supposedly quote unquote killed Drake off daughter. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Oh, it was a dead but, giveaway. But when the movie started, you didn't know. When the movie right when it started, no. When she first started fighting uh, Taskmaster, no idea. The second it said that they didn't see the body for the daughter, I was like, done. So I was hoping I was wrong, and they actually unveiled it. And I was like, oh, crap. Because I just expected it to be, like, you know, the six-foot-five tall guy who, or robotic guy, whatever, you know, obviously replicate moves, all that. But I also was just disappointed because the trailers made us believe this whole time that Taskmaster was going to be the big bad. Yeah, bad. I thought Could've so, too. Could have wound up playing second fiddle to Drake off. And I'm like, that, that it sucked, but... It's st- they still did a phenomenal job with each of their roles. Yeah, I agree. I think as Marvel does a lot, the villain really doesn't hit the mark. Like, it's just, yeah. I think, and Leo, I don't know if you agree with me. I think the MCU has a great job, does a great job of establishing top tier villains, but they never do a good job doing mid-level villains. It's either you're great or you're terrible. Yeah. There is like mm-hmm. no middle ground for you're any Marvel Thanos villain. Or you're um, the guy. Bunker. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say the, the villain from Dark World. I don't even remember his name. Malakith. Malakith. So that's kind of like I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Leo. But, but question for both of you, though, because yes. it's something that dawned on me because you're definitely right, Meg. He, he played second fiddle. Like he was supposed to be the big bad and he ends up being like a henchman. But mm-hmm. that's the exact same twist that freaking Dark Knight Rises had. Bane was supposed to be the big bad, and he ends up being second fiddle to uh, to um, to Talia Marco to Talia, oh, yeah, Talia Can can so it's like it's like you can't really like it's it's the, it's like oh man, I'm a little bummed. Like, can I count? Cool, can but, I counter? Can I counter you, counter you there, Leo? I agree 100. percent The only difference here is I think Dark Knight Rises lets Bane establish himself as a badass. I don't think this movie does. No, I think okay. the only thing here is that it's more of like a Winter Soldier robot yes. thing. Where it's like point, attack, point, attack. No Meg? real personality. So it's funny you mentioned Dark Knight Rises because last summer when I was on the show, we compared, the tr- we talked about the trilogy of the mm-hmm. Dark Knight, and I said the exact same thing. Except I do agree with David that Bane was able to flesh himself out more. Yeah, that that twist is something I I agree with both of you. It's just something that just never worked for me. I get why it happens, why it happened, but yeah, I I wasn't really a big fan of it. But despite the villains being what they were, I don't think it it overall hurt the movie. Yeah. The big one of the big qualms I have with it, and you guys may think I'm nitpicking, it's, and I I get it. So the point of this podcast, eh? we need to. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't like that the movie, and I know you need that money shot from the trailer where you just ScarJo's like all, you know, she just took care of business and the movie just cuts to black. I don't like that it cuts to black with Ross and company coming in and then we get two weeks later and she's getting ready for Infinity War. To yeah. me, it's like, oh, come on, Marvel. <laughs> like, I, you fill in all these gaps, but in your literally la- last shot of the movie, you really don't fill any gaps. And we're just supposed to, yeah, she gets caught and escapes again, technically. And then she dies with her blonde. And then she's going to meet up with Steve. And then we're getting ready to go get uh, Wanda and, and Vision. And then away we go to Infinity War. I didn't like that. That's actually my biggest issue with the movie is the fact that you do such a great job of filling in the gaps. Then yeah. the end, you just said, you know what? I'm good. Let, let's just let them assume what's going to happen. And we know that we know that they know that Infinity War and Endgame happens. That's what you shouldn't do in a movie. You shouldn't you shouldn't treat the movie as these people know what's already going to happen. Let's mm-hmm. not explain that. Uh yeah, so that's kind of it may be nitpicking but that's kind of my biggest issue with the movie. No, I'm with you on that cuz it made it feel like it was like the movie should have ended on that shot with Ross and Co coming. They're like, "Eh, you know what? You know, like filming could have been done for like months at that point." And like, eh, you know, yeah. what? let's throw this last shot in." Yep. And like I agree. they rushed it. Just like how they did with in Endgame with um, Iron Man snapping his fingers, they did that two weeks before the premiere. Or was it premiere? Was it the premiere? Or was it two weeks before something? But they like rushed that final shot, and you could tell. I was so about I to say, I thought I thought you found out that he did that two weeks before. I'm like, I need to get into Meg's dark web because she like knows like all these <laughs> oh, movie no, I spoilers. Read it. Oh, you read it before? Read it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Leo, thoughts. Yeah, so it's funny. I love I love that call out of like that that this movie was supposed to fit very nicely in like after Civil War, right? And it's, it's funny because it reminds me a lot of the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut finally gave us that like final vision that we were mm-hmm. supposed to get. It's supposed to give you that like feeling of like, okay, I waited, I saw it, I know how this story is contained. But then that those final little scenes in Snyder Cut that are building towards a larger universe that we're never gonna get to see or hopefully may see. Like, it left me wanting, like, unresolved. Like, I want to know what happens after this. So, unless there's another movie or a Disney Plus series that fills in those two weeks. like You know what? You know what's funny? You mentioned that Snyder Cut thing. The worst part about that is the fact that that's the extra footage that Snyder shot. The stuff yeah. that teased the future. I'm like, hey, kudos to him. He's like, he, he it reminds me of a. I don't. I don't know if you've ever seen this show. I know Leo has because we talked about it. It reminds me of what David Lynch did at the end of Twin Peaks. So <laughs> he purposely left it so ambiguous when he ended season two because he knew the show was canceled and it left everyone wondering what was going to happen. It's kind of like what Snyder did there. But yeah, with this ending, I mean, we still get that amazing. And I think that's probably why I'm, I was a less hard on it in my when I wrote my written review is because that post credit scene that we're about to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Um, top five, top ten. What do you think? Oh, top five. Oh, so good. Post credit top five. Top five. Yeah, it's 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 like a, it's an amazing callback to the like the first like after credit scene where it's like where they start compiling the Avengers, the Avengers initiative. initiative. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yo, it's it's we're literally like going back in time and seeing that whole thing happen all over again, and it was like this is gonna be way more integral of a moment than we give it credit for right now. 
but in 10 years this is going to be a huge moment too i will like the next generation yeah Yeah. i agree i will say the the only thing i wish and we have no control over what happened with the world this was supposed to be her first appearance so it would have been so much more impactful we knew nothing and then she just appears and then we're like holy shit here we go again and it's exactly what you said leo it's like here we go. The Avengers initiative is back on. Like we're starting from scratch. Although we all know how, where she's going to come up next. She's going to be in Hawkeye. She's going to chase him for eight or nine episodes. And at the end, <laughs> you're just going to become pals and they're going to go to Budapest. That's, so sorry, that's, that's my biggest like uh bummer of the film was I've been waiting. I think most any, any fans of Black Widow have been waiting to finally know what happened. Ten years. Budapest. And we've been waiting and waiting and we've been hearing callbacks and mentions of it. And then to find out just through like someone telling you, oh, yeah, by the way, we were in this safe house and we blew up a building that was five stories and we fought the Hungarian forces and we hit out in like, I'm like, that's it. We don't get to see any visuals. I we hear Jeremy Renner through a walkie talkie. That's yep. it. I fully expected Jeremy Renner to be here and we would get a flashback yeah. scene. That's kind of where I expected that too. Uh, Meg, okay. same thoughts on that? 100%. I was like, I was like Budapest, 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 whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, that that was a great theme, by the way. But just uh, for ten years, we've been wanting this, and I'm like, that's what you give us. Aww. Like, uh, I was I was pretty let down by that moment. Comedy wise, I think this is actually while there's still some funny moments, I think it's one of the least funny Marvel movies. I think on purpose, it doesn't have as much comedy. Oh wow, as, really? Yeah, I I mean I what I laughed was floor. Uh, flow flow like that's when I laughed the most was with her, but I don't think it was as funny as compared to like even Endgame as serious as it was. Like you had so much comedy in, it, and most Marvel Marvel movies do. I mean that's kind of where I thought. I think for me the funniest moment of the movie is just like uh, Yelena making fun of her pose. The pose. The pose. <laughs> Did you horrible. Know, you know you know they wrote that in because Florence Pugh was making fun of Scarlett Johansson. Oh really? really? So what happened was um, when, when Flojo got the role, right, they were going through, like, her training for, for on set. And, like, the rest of the ca- – like, the, the people that are doing stunt coordinating, they were like, oh, Flo, now that you're, you're this character, you have to create your pose. She's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, like, ScarJo has her pose. And she's like, well, show me. What's, what's her pose? And then she, like, mimicked it. And she's like, wait, what? If you land like this, wouldn't you break your back? And the stunt coordinators are like, no, yeah, it's, you can't land like this in real life. You would break, like, your arm and your back. And then she was, like, just making these jokes. So when she saw Scarlett Joe on set, she started making fun of that actual pose. <laughs> and, like, the, the writers in the background are watching this exchange between both of them. They're like, we have to write this in. So Scarlett Johansson is like, you undid, like, 10 years of me working on this character. <laughs> With this one joke, and she just kept busting her balls on set about it. It's so funny. I and I think the payoff when she actually does it at the end is perfect. Um, final thoughts on the movie. Obviously, I'll let Meg finish off last. Leo, what are your final thoughts? Total big fan of it. I thought um, it gave me. So it's funny because we waited so long to see a standalone film. Um, what I did love of it is that it brought together some of the films that we're about to be ranking. It made me feel like it's a Civil War combination with the Winter Soldier because um, it had that, that like the political thriller of, of the Winter mm. Soldier. It gave us like a character similar to Bucky um, as the whole Taskmaster robot type thing. 
Um, it gave us like the crazy, um, like the the, the 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 titles of the locations. I'm like, oh wait, that's exactly like Civil War. Was. I ma- I marked that one. Cuba just randomly popped up yes. on the screen. <laughs> no, so it, it gave me it gave me a little bit of everything that I remembered of what I loved about the, the MCU, and it, it, I thought I thought it did the character justice. Um, it's a, it's a shame to lose any of the big originals, but um, but I thought it was a cool send off movie. Yeah, I I am on. I share the same sentiments as you. Uh, it felt good to just be in a theater again and see that Marvel fan. Such a different feeling when you see it on a big screen over watching it at home. You know, with the with the Marvel shows. So that was. A great, great to see that again. Yeah, movie did everything I, I did not expect it to do, and I loved it. It is fantastic. It pretty much sets up the future of CU and one, and probably will set up one of the most, what will become one of the most popular characters in the MCU. That's my prediction. And Meg, finish us off on thoughts on the movie. Considering it's been twenty six months since we've had a Marvel movie in theaters, <laughs> did not disappoint. It was the perfect film to bring all of us Marvel fans back to the theater. Well, those who can go to the theater, we'll say. Um, it was just, part of me is still in very much denial because in the post or the mid credit scene when Yelena whistled, I fully expected ScarJo to w- return the whistle yeah. because yeah. I still, even though I, we saw the body, I'm still holding out hope that she will come back because ScarJo did an interview recently where they're like, is this the end? And she's like, uh yeah, I want to go out on a high note. And I'm like, girl. There's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> it's, it's like that uh, Jim Carrey meme. Yes! So you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, but no, it was That's just <laughs> mind-blowing. Like, I had, I know we're about to get into the rankings, but I've had certain films and certain shows on my rankings for so long, this movie completely annihilated my entire list. That's like, great. It, it just totally messed everything up, but in the best way possible. Leo. Um, I have a question. How are we bringing that back if we can? Look at your Marvel history. What brings mm-hmm. her back? Does the multiverse bring her back? Another is a variant of of Nat come back. Come back. <laughs> so it's funny. Um, it's the easiest out that Marvel has is a variant. Like, come back is actually no. It's actually through what if. Oh, duh. Yes, yes. Even, even Chadwick Boseman is still not done with the MCU because he's already filmed some of his stuff for. Uh, for, and for he if. is not Black Panther, he's Star-Lord in What If, right? So he's, he's T'Challa, but he's in a different, yeah, he goes through that. So it's, I mean, ScarJo can technically come back if she's already, if she wants to do something on What If. But yeah, I mean, in, in live action, I would say the the, variant. the Loki universe is making that very possible. Yeah. So without spoiling too much, what Loki is doing, Meg, is establishing the fact that there are variants of individuals in the Marvel universe. So there are different versions of Loki that picture of Richard E. Grant. There are different versions of Loki all over the Marvel Universe. And I'm sure when we get to Spider-Man in December, yeah. that will be established even more that there are other Spider-Mans in the Marvel Universe. So, Well, it would make sense based on what we've been hearing. Yeah. I'm very curious about that movie. The movie is uh, maybe too much or just in terms of how much they're going to be in that. Uh, then last question with the Taskmaster disappointment, Leo, especially Leo, how are you feeling about the Mandarin in September? Uh, oh man, you mean when 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 we, when we finally get to see? So it's funny because that that's that's you can see Marvel trying to make things right after how terribly they handled that character. So maybe it'll be something like that. Alrighty, so that was a great discussion. 
Uh, safe to say, we anyone that doesn't like Black Widow will hate all our opinions on Black Widow. Uh, but let's finish off today's episode with a re-ranking of the MCU. I haven't done this since Endgame, so this is actually fun to look back at what is going to move and what is not going to move. Um, I'm going to say, Leo, there's a certain movie that I will touch on in the next few minutes that moved up <laughs> two spots because it is now more important than it ever was. Um, I know it's probably higher on Meg and your list, but at least it moved up two spots for me. Good, man. There's growth. There's growth. It's there. growth. It's growth. Um, so what we'll do is if you have any comments on it, by all means, speak on it. And then, uh, we'll do 20. So there's 27, including all the three shows. So 27 to 20 to start. And then I will, I'll kick it off. Um, coming in last place is a movie that has been in last place since I've done my first MCU rankings. (laughs) I don't think this movie is terrible. I just don't think it's, it's the, it feels very un MCU because even now, twenty seven entries later, I feel this movie has zero connection to the MCU. Um, Iron Man two. Oh wow! Yeah, it says I I disagree, but we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. I I I just, it, I just after what we got in Iron Man and every connection that was. Yeah, go ahead. You're- you're aware Iron Man 2 literally introduces introduce Black Widow. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Okay. I, um, but I just don't like the villain. I don't like. I don't think the movie holds up at all. The first time I watched it, I thought it was okay, and then it just. I watch it now. Kind of. I. I love Meg's criteria. If you only have to, if you only want to watch it when you're building up for a movie, it doesn't hold up, and that's exactly what this. And the next four movies do for me. Um, <laughs> next up, my number 26 is Thor The Dark World. Um, I mean, what can be said? Can I mean, be it's more important <laughs> now, but the movie really... The movie's actually out of all of them. Even though Iron Man 2 is last, I don't find it as boring <laughs> as Dark World. Uh, Dark World does have a lot of moments that you're just like completely bored to tears. Uh, number 25 is Thor. While Thor, wow. while Thor does have a lot of stuff that I do like, and Hemsworth is fantastic as as Thor. Uh, favorite moment in in Thor is when he uh with the coffee cup, he's like another, another. Um, I need a horse. <laughs> number twenty four for me. I think this is probably going to be the highest out of anybody. I actually, have the Incredible Hulk on there. This is another movie that really has no bearing until now. With Shang Chi, we may get another connection to the Incredible Hulk. Um, I actually do like the very small because it's compared to everything else it's a very small film um i do like it's more of a character study on and and nor and i think he's no mark ruffalo mark ruffalo is like now the iconic hulk for me but and norton does a great job and this is where uh i lose the next my number 23 is where i lose meg and i lose uh leo um i still think this movie is very flawed but it's extremely important now (laughs) Uh, Avenger Age of Ultron. I quit. It's too <laughs> low. It's just too low. Listen. Oh, you're, Leo, you're going to hate my number 22. Put some like, respect so on much. that. All right. I, I'll i compare it to this. Um, Other entries and other franchises. So at in 2015, I'm not looking at it now with the how important it is connected to everything else. I'm looking at it in 2015. So 
I walk into, I'm going to compare it to the first time I went to walk in, watch The Hangover Part 2. I adore The Hangover. It's one of my favorite comedies of like the 2000s. I think it's very funny. So when I'm walking into The Hangover, I'm Hangover Part 2, I'm like, okay, cool. What are they going to do that's different? And that's kind of how I felt walking into The Avengers. I think The Avengers is one of the best comic book movies of all time, and we're going to get into it when we see our rankings. But when I walk into Age of Ultron, I expected them to not rinse and repeat. And that's what I feel outside of introducing Wanda and the importance of that that we have now. I feel like that movie is basically cut and paste into the first Avengers. You're not really I, I don't think it really creates any stakes outside of I'm going to do it myself in a post credit scene. And when your post credit scene is the one thing <laughs> at that time that creates the stakes. That's where you lose me. I think the movie has become more important as we get to Civil War, as we get to WandaVision. But at the very moment that I saw it, it really just didn't hit for me the way I wanted it to. And that's why it's always remained on the lower end. Next up for me, Leo, you want to cover your ears for this one? Wait, what? I'm trying to figure out. What oh, you know what it is. We talked about it last week. A movie I like that you do not like at all. Oh, wait. Wait, well, you already said Iron Man 3, but okay, go. I didn't say <laughs> Iron Man 3. I said Iron Man 2. You said Iron Man 2. Yeah. Iron Man 3 is next. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I love yeah. Shane Black. I just love his direction. Yeah. I love the way he directs films. I love the way he writes films. I just think Shane Black is a very interesting filmmaker. And I love the fact that with this movie, and I understand a lot of people don't like that he is not dressed as Iron Man for the mostly any of the movie, but it's more of a character study on Tony Stark, Tony Stark. the person. Yeah. Um, I really like that aspect of it. I hate, 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 hate. The Mandarin twist. Don't get me wrong, Leo. I'm with you on mm-hmm. that. But as the movie trying to be different, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It tried to be different. It tried to be something that Marvel movies weren't doing at the time rather than just rinse and repeat. It tried to be not Iron Man 1 and 2. It tried to be its own unique entity. And I respect it for that. So, And then for rounding up my 21 and 20, uh, Meg will probably want to cover her ears on this one. Uh, 21 is oh, no. Captain Marvel. Get out. Um, I know it's your podcast, but get out. <laughs> so with Captain Marvel, and I know Leo always he's like, but she's supposed to be unlikable. <laughs> she is just not Brie Larson. I adore Brie Larson. She is one of the best actresses working today. I just think she, as a the character, is so goddamn unlikable, man. <laughs> and I know she's supposed to be Leo. I know you're gonna say she's supposed I know, to I know, be. I know. Look, look, like yeah, I, I, I respect that you acknowledge it, but you're, it's, it's your rankings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one thing I do, the one thing I do like about this movie is the twist on the scrolls. Yeah. Because yeah, and they casted. I forgot his name right now, and I, I'm mad at myself for having the brain fart on the actor's name. The one that the 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 lead scroll in the movie. That, oh, oh, um, something sin. Uh, yeah, sure. So people that are listening <laughs> know who that is. But my point with him is I love the casting of him as the lead scroll is brilliant because he plays a villain in every single movie. So you're expecting mm-hmm. him to play the villain. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it did not live up to the expectations that I set for myself for for Ben Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. <laughs> um, literally a villain in every single movie. Um yeah. But yeah, Brie Larson is great as the character, but as the character, I think she's extremely unlikable. But Leo, like you say, that's who she is. And then riding on my 20 is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Fun, but really is just uh, 
let's just get to end game. That's kind of <laughs> how I felt. Um, but yeah, that's my 27 through 20. Leo, you're up. All right. So my number 27, speaking of movies that have literally no stakes in the MCU Poor whatsoever. Dark World. Poor Dark World. <laughs> number 27 is Iron Man 3. Mm! Oh, Leo, I don't like you. Dude, it is funny because we're talking about stakes, right? We're talking about we just watched Black Widow. And You're right. Oh, nothing really can happen here. What happens in Iron Man 3? Um, oh, Pepper, Pepper gets the ultimate, the, the extremist virus. Does that ever come back in the MCU? No. No. Um, oh, Tony destroys all his suits. Does that ever come back to haunt us in the MCU? No. But Tony Maybe does they- realize that he shouldn't be a drunk anymore. <laughs> That's I what- like his opinions. <laughs> Um, and uh, the, I guess may- maybe the only thing in Iron Man 3 that does come back is the fact that Rhodey is now called the Iron Patriot. That is the only thing that actually has any withstanding influence on the rest of the MCU. Let me- now, look, when you say Shane Black is a g- great filmmaker, for sure, I'll give him that. It's a good film, but does it, is it important in the MCU? Will the MCU change at all if I take this movie out? Unfortunately, this is the only movie that I can remove that it loses nothing so do you think do, do you think and i was guilty of this in iron man too do you think that we are guilty of ranking these more in the connection of the old the universe as a whole rather than the individual film do you think absolutely like, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I see, like a central like, like a centralized story like in like a, a good arc like this movie does give us that um but but as far as like it's it, is it essential watching like, it, it, like, this is the movie I, I find. I'll watch it because it's part of the MCU, but nothing in it important happened. The little boy comes back at the end of Endgame, and no one knows who the hell he is because this movie is so insignificant to the timeline. Oh, I just want to know how he got there. I want to know who called him. I want <laughs> to know. Reddit saved me. <laughs> what happened? Reddit told me who that kid was. Oh, my <laughs> God. I had no clue. Um, yeah, no, to me, that's always going to be my number 27, unless something else happens that has nothing to do with the nah, MCU. I doubt it. I think they, they're they so on, like, track now. I don't think anything... I don't think we'll ever really get any really low, low tier. Because, like, every, every one of these movies outside of, for me, Iron Man 2, I actually... And maybe Dark I do like. It's just they're on the lower end. But go ahead, Leo. Yeah. Uh, number 26, and I think it's a really good movie. It's just, like, if, if you give me an option between these two, which am I going to watch first, I, I would say number 26 is The Incredible Hulk. Okay. Um, and it's nothing bad about it. It's funny because I think other than Black Widow, um, this one has the best opening sequence because it gives you like an, a, a story of like what happened before the movie started with Bruce Banner and him escaping and him doing all this experimentation and why he's in Brazil. It, it's, um, it's a really clever usage of the opening credits to give you backstory instead of like you having to see pearls drop on the ground all over again because your parents got killed or you getting bit by a radioactive spider. Um, like in, in, in Incredible Hulk, they did that. They used the credits to give you the backstory. Um, then my number 25 is Thor The Dark World. <laughs> I'm, surpri- though- I'm surprised. I'm, I'm shocked it's 25 because you, no, it's, it's, you yeah, hate that movie. It's bad. It's very, really, really, but again, it's like literally this time in the rankings, I kind of, I'm like, like, toss them up. If I have to watch Dark World versus Incredible Hulk, what am I watching? It's still, it's still, it still has Frigga getting killed. It still has Loki. It still has, like, I'm still, I'm still a fan of it. I'm still more than the Incredible Hulk. I'll still watch Dark World. 24, I have Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's fun. But like you said, just get me to Endgame. 
my number 23 is actually lower than you had it on yours, and Meg's going to be upset, but I have Captain Marvel as number 23. I don't like um, your opinions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nothing, it's, this, this, and I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I just think the film itself, is, it hasn't captured my, my rewatchability factor just yet. I, I, I don't really go to, like, I want to watch it again. Um, I will watch it again, and it's not like you're, I'm dragging, like, kicking and screaming. I enjoy it. I just don't go to it first. Do you um, think this had the same issue, except we like Black Widow more, that it feels like it belonged in another phase? It feels very phase one-ish. Yeah, the feeling it of it is a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that could definitely make a difference on it. And it's funny because I put it with Black Widow, and I'm like, I Black Widow just came out, and I know Prisoner of the Moment, thing, mm-hmm. but I can see Black Widow being way more rewatchable oh, than yeah. Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least so far. Um, my number 22 is spider-man far from home oh it's a lot lower than i oh, wow. than me yeah. oh oh okay i don't feel I, bad anymore I, I know Davey told me like off the line he was yeah. like prepping that i that you would have it a little bit lower i i also have it kind of low it's it's it was a good when it came out i was so yes mcu is back i can't wait to see it but i mean other than really like mysterio and and jake gyllenhaal's amazing performance um meh i feel like this is like a, a meh film um, not top tier, not quite terrible, but meh. Um, at my number 21 is another meh film is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. That I don't opening feel so bad. Scene we don't shit movie. on that movie as much as we should, I think. Because that didn't live up to the expectations. It didn't. It, well, you know what? It, it, this is Deadpool 2. Yes. It's like, uh, yes. you know what? Deadpool 1 was like, yeah, and Guardians 1 was fantastic. So it's like we gave it so much leeway that it's like, this wasn't that good, but it's like, fine, we'll let you get away with it. And Baby Groot dancing to Mr. Blue Sky. It's you know like, what, Leo? That is probably the second best opening to a Marvel movie. Groot dancing. I totally forgot about yep, that. Yeah, that probably Groot is it. With a little bug and everything. Shout out to Ryan oh. in Deadpool 2. <laughs> and number two. <laughs> and my number 20 is that other Iron Man movie. So, Dave. so I, eee, I Man, That's so high. Iron Man 2 still has Rockwell. Still has the first showing of War Machine. Um, it still has Black. Technically, no. Iron Man One is the first showing of Terrence War Machine. Yes. With the next time, uh, Black Widow is still introduced, um, and we do still get more of like the Avengers Initiative and that that, that yep. type of fleshing out of that timeline. So I still think Iron Man Two. And it's funny, Ivan Vanko and the Vanko family plays a big part when we get into the Russia team now with. Um, with the Red Guardian and where that could be. So if they try to connect it to Iron then Man it may 2, change. Then it may change better. my thoughts, yeah. All right, Meg, you are up. All right, so this might wind up being my last appearance on the show just due to my controversial <laughs> appearance. <laughs> so the only reason this is my lowest ranking is because I haven't seen it. So oh, I that's fine. I can't, yep. So it's Loki. Yeah, Only of course. because I haven't seen it. It may go higher. We'll see. Um, so well, that's I can't even talk about that. Number 26, The Hulk. Okay. Also, I'm not a fan of Norton, Um, just based on what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, his acting was okay, but based on what I heard about how problematic he was to film with, it just... I, sometimes I have a tendency to let an actor's personal life influence how I view a film, and this is a prime example of it. So I just... I can't give it any love. Um, Number 25... Thor Dark World. Yeah, we're like, like that's those, those, those we're all we're good. Like, we're 25, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, nothing else can really be said. Um, 24 is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Baby Groot is the only redeeming factor in this. So you're not a fan of Kurt Russell? That's what we're saying. No. <laughs> I love Kurt Russell, but not in this. Yeah. We'll I'm with, that I'm way. 100% agree with you. Um, Where am I at? 23? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man 2. Yeah, well, that I means know. Iron Man 3 is higher, so yeah! Victory! I mean, I know it's the as first appearance. Last, as long as it's not your last pick, Meg, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's the first appearance of Black Widow, but I'm not a huge Iron Man movie. And honestly, I know you said, you know, as long as Iron Man 3 is higher, it's not much higher. It's my next one. <laughs> there you go. That's I'll take the I victory. I'll take the know. victory. They, t- they tied, basically. They're both as math for you. They're like, eh. <laughs> Is it I wild, know. guys, that you that Iron Man, despite the start that it had, it has the worst trilogy of everybody? 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, where am I up to now? I don't even remember. I lost track. You are. I, I think, think I'm at 21. Yes, 21. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Oh! <gasps> Oh, dun, dun, dun. I am. Wow. Okay, I love Chris Pratt. I love Star Lord. I'm not a fan of the whole Guardians of the Galaxy in general. We man. are group, Meg. We are. Group. I know. I'm sorry. Oh man. Uh, David, well, no. David knows I have a tendency to be very controversial yes. with my lists. Whatever, like if the options are A, B, C, I always choose D. I literally expected her to say. Her number one is Iron Man 2. <laughs> I not. Oh, my God. Like, Black no, Widow no, number no. two, Iron Man 2 number one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and I think that's it, right? That was your no, 21? Number okay, cool. Uh, far From Home. Oh, another okay. one. Okay, yeah. so I don't yeah. feel bad then. I do not feel bad. Okay, so I, like, Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man, but compared to, it's like, you know how you said with um Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it's the Deadpool syndrome mm-hmm. yeah. it's the same thing homecoming was so amazing and far from home is eh. and the final fight was even more meh like I'll, I'll i'll save the homecoming chat for when i rank that but it's the it's typical De- deadpool 2 syndrome absolutely agree meg that's yeah well, well said well said yeah. i i actually i'm so glad that i don't have to be the oddball out i'm shocked that i have it the highest out of everybody but it's not that much higher than you guys um all right, cool. My number nineteen is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and you kind of, yeah, you guys right kind there, of, right there. you guys right kind there. of nailed yeah. it. There's, <sighs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> that's that's pretty much where. And it's funny because I remember, I, I I imagine when you watched it, you were you probably didn't even realize how disappointed you were. I thought about it after like, on the drive yeah. home. It's like, oh wait, maybe that wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but eh. <laughs> like, like I didn't like a Vin, like I thought Vin Diesel had his best moment ever, ever when he like died in guardians of the galaxy one. And we didn't even get any moments similar to that. Uh, number 18, I have, here's where we get to the start to shows. So I kind of tied them all together here. So Falcon and the winter soldier is my 18. Um, uh-huh. it originally was right after WandaVision, but the last two episodes of Loki have kind of just put it a little okay. bit higher. Um, I think it does a great job, even though we know where it's going to go. Like, he's going to become Captain America in the end. But I do love how it's, like, a social commentary. And it also introduces us to the uh, U.S. agent, which we all love here, I hope. Um, 
my Wyatt number Russell, baby Wyatt Russell. <laughs> my number seventeen is Loki. Uh, really do dig everything they've done, and pretty much, I think this will be probably one of the most important Marvel properties in terms of the future because of everything it's setting up. Uh, number sixteen is the first Marvel TV show, WandaVision. Um, nice. I mean, that final shot is it that it of the Scarlet Witch is everything. <laughs> It is everything. Um, I think the show, the reason I have it a little lower than I than the, the rest of the movies is the fact that while I love 50s TV shows and I love the setup with that, it took a little bit too long to get to where we needed to go. And But the last, the last emotional end to it was fantastic. And I will say the twins are still... They're still going to be around, and yep. I don't think we've seen the last of Vision. So, um, but it does have the second worst Marvel twist outside of uh, the Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin? Mandarin. So that definitely yeah. loses that loses points for me because um, on the podcast, Leo and I and Ryan, we kept saying for what like a year and a half when we first heard the news. Mephisto, Mephisto. No, no, not the Mephisto stuff. The Evan Peters oh, is going to be Quicksilver. Screw Evan Peters and screw that Quicksilver. <laughs> that world is gone. It's gone now. It's gone. But yeah, that is WandaVision is my 16. Um, my number 15 is Far From Home. Uh, the reason I have it a little, I, I thought was so low, was kind of the same reason you guys have. It felt very rinse Let and me repeat. Ask you something. Would you watch Far From Home before you watch WandaVision, Loki, yes. Falcon, Winter Soldier? Yeah. Oh, you would? Yeah. Okay, okay. For yeah. the fact that it's not going to take me six hours. <laughs> um, Fair. Fair enough. And the fact that it does... I love that it tries to be like a John Hughes comic book film, but it does rinse and repeat a lot of action you see in Homecoming, which you're going to hear about later because I adore Homecoming, and it's not cause, just because Michael Keaton... Um, my number 14 is one that re- the next two or two that really shocked me of how much I enjoyed Ant-Man number 14. Paul Rudd is just electric in that movie. He is so hilarious. And then my 13 is a movie that keeps getting better and better for me every time I watch it. Doctor Strange. Ooh. And it's important in the MCU is as you see it's continuing continuing to grow. He do you think he's taking over the Tony role as kind of like yeah the yeah. the old school mentor kind of kind of role it makes perfect sense yeah like the, the beard bro should be this beard bro should be the one in charge afterwards. exactly and then my number 12 is a movie that i see a lot of people finally coming around to um captain america the first avenger i remember for a while for like five or six years i felt like i was the only one championing this movie um i think i championed it so much because i did see the red the Italian Red Skull, Captain America, when I was younger, <laughs> and seeing them do it right, I was like, oh my God. And then Chris Evans is, you know, he's Captain America. There's no one that could play Steve Rogers now. I really thought you would rank that higher. Um, I have two other Captain America movies a, a little yeah. higher. Okay, true. So, okay, true. The next, the next bunch for you, I imagine, it's like this is the cream of the crop type thing. So yeah. So. After my next one, which I still think it's very, very, very good because we just talked about it, it did the rest is like top, 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 toppy, top, top tier. Uh, Black Widow, we talked about it. Uh, oh, you you didn't disappoint. It is a lot higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, wow. it's it's just because of the expectations I had and where it executed for me, it really does uh, 
show in the rankings of it. So, yeah, and that is my 19 to 11. Leo, you're up. Nice. Uh, my number 19 is, I mean, I know it's going to sound sacrilegious, right, when we talk about, like, that Phase 1 crew, because Phase 1 now is so iconic and so important just for where we are now. But number 19 is Thor. Okay. Thor 1. Um, it's a little bit slower. Okay. Um, I, it's funny now that I see it, I can't unsee it. But Chris Hensworth, blonde, like dyed blonde eyebrows, are a little more distracting than they were when I first You're saw them. Right, I forget. You're right about yeah. that. Yeah. Now that now that I, I'm like, oh no, it's it's damn. I can't unsee it. Um, but it still gave us Loki, and we are where we are now with Loki. Um, my number eighteen is the movie that David kind of just said that has gotten a little bit better. But for me, it's still a little. It's a little slower than I would like it to. Is Captain America: mm-hmm. The First Avenger? Um, not anything against Chris Evans or, or the role itself. It's just uh, the the movie is still compared to the its two sequels. It's it's a very different type of movie. Um, my number seventeen is currently Loki. Um, and to be fair to Loki, um, we still have one episode left. Yeah, so, so that could change. Yeah, could skyrocket it up depending on what happens. But for a show that's uh, that's still incomplete and it's given us a lot of closure regarding what happened to that that iteration of 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 of, uh, of, of Loki and just a continuation of what happens in Endgame, um, yeah, Hiddleston's charisma. I, I know that Meg's not a huge fan, but I think that Hiddleston's charisma has definitely been one of the things that has carried the MCU. Um, or help carry the MCU to so much success because no one expected it after Thor 1. I mean, no one really could have thought to themselves, oh, this kid is going to be fantastic to the point where we have to bring him back like in six Marvel movies. Um, number 16, I have Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, a fantastic Respect. continuation. Yeah, that, that, there's a great continuation, a great little addendum to that world of Winter Soldier and, and Civil War. Number 15, a little bit lower than Dave, uh, I have Doctor Strange. Okay. Um, it's still it's, it's still very interesting, still very – and it's funny because like, the, the next few movies I literally tossed up and I'm like head-to-head, who would I watch first? Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Strange, although it's, it's super influential and super important with the mystical arts and where that's going to happen with the multiverse of madness, um, compared to my number 14, and it's, I, I would still go number 14 first. Um, and my number 14 is Black Widow. Nice. Um, yeah. So, like, if I if I were to put Doctor Strange versus Black Widow at, at the moment, I I would watch Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson did a fantastic job of finally getting her own solo film, um, and it was a really good way to give it a solo film while still building the MCU. Um, I I had to look it up just to make sure, but Flojo at the moment is twenty five years old. Yep. Scarlett Johansson back in Iron Man two was twenty five years old. Longevity. Like, the mirroring here is like, dude, this could just this could be a new generation of, 20, of viewers. Black Widow, twenty five, and already an Oscar nominated actress. Oscar nominee, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Black Widow for me was number fourteen. It just callbacks exactly to what we said during like the earlier part of the of this of this pod. Um, and my number thirteen is another female led property that I thought is to me is more rewatchable at the moment. WandaVision. I think. Uh... Freaking, freaking Elizabeth Olsen, man! Her her range in that series, people people have forgotten because of what happened in Loki and because of what happened in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Elizabeth Olsen gave us everything, everything: rage, heartbreak, happiness. She gave us like fifty sitcoms. Mm-hmm. She gave us Full House. She gave us Malcolm in the Middle. Like that acting range from her was fantastic, and it was cool to see Scarlet Witch finally get fleshed out. I'm very much, uh, she was taught how to play Full House. 
<laughs> Can't imagine so, how. It's funny. Earlier you mentioned how Kieran Culkin, so that of the shadows, is now the more successful yeah. Culkin. Same thing with Elizabeth Olsen. She kept out of the kept out of the shadows of her sisters, and now she's the most successful Olsen sister. I'm very curious where they're gonna campaign this show at the Emmys, because if they uh, campaign him as a miniseries, I think she could win uh, actress in a miniseries. She did fantastic yeah. work there. Um, my number twelve is a movie that Dave is not a fan of, and at least. It, but, to me, it's still it's still it gave us the first Wanda. It gave us the first Quicksilver. It gave us Vision. Uh, I lost so I lost track where you had it, Leo. It gave us it, it literally gave us Cap first lifting the hammer. Like mm-hmm. there's so much that happened in this movie that people seem to forget how important it is to now the though now though. But back when it came out, I saw it. I loved it. I rewatched it. I loved it. I rewatched it. I loved it. I said, fuck, this is amazing. And Tony said, language. <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron is my number 12. Um, I still, it holds a very special place for me. Maybe it's higher than most people have it, but I still really, really enjoy it. Um, and again, it's very integral to the MCU. Way more integral than Iron Man 3. <laughs> um, <laughs> my number 11 is um, a movie that Dave did a fantastic job of recapping and it's still one of my most it was one of my most happy um, just I didn't expect much from it and I didn't think it could be this fun but Ant-Man won yeah. Paul Rudd so just did so yes. the movie was not funded like a big blockbuster it was kind of like a little MCU movie that just kind of got a little, a little TLC like oh here by the way here's an MCU movie coming out but Paul Rudd did fantastic with that role. And I know that Cassie is now going to grow into her own new character, which is possibly going to be fleshed out in the next one. But, yeah, uh, Ant-Man 1 was a surprise to me, and I have it like, almost at top 10. So to show, to show how little Marvel it in terms of the big problem, only call him 30. Crazy. And that was your 11? That's my number 11, yes. Okay, so great. Yep. Meg, you are up. So somehow my rankings got all messed up right now. Um, yeah, I saw you I, like to to anyone listening. We're on camera, and I'm like, I think Meg is writing her manifesto because she's like yeah. concentrated, heavy. <laughs> Dude, I got like notebooks here, and it somehow my ordering got messed up because like you know, kind of you know, sometimes like when you're thinking, you think you have your mind set on one ranking, and then somebody says something, it opens your eyes. And it makes you kind of change your mind. Yeah. That's kind of what was happening. So I'm like kind of doing like a little bit of reordering. And then I totally lost track. So I don't have a number 19 at the moment because I can't remember. <laughs> my, one of my – what I had originally for my number 19 it somehow wound up my 20 or 21. And I, yeah, so I'm all discombobulated. So we're going to go to number 18. We're going to pretend 19 doesn't exist. There is no number 19. Um, number 18 is Doctor Strange. I, I love Benedict, not a fan of Tilda, and it's the same theory where sometimes I have a tendency, if I don't like an actor, I don't like their movie. And it's it's a shame, because it, it is a good movie. Um, 17 is Thor. I I know we joked about Iron Man having like the weakest trilogy, but the original Thor was on the weaker end, because they were kind of more focused on uh, Iron Man and Captain America, and Thor was kind of like, okay, we'll just throw him in. Yes, I'm with you on that. Um, number sixteen is Black Panther. 
Ah. I knew that was coming. I knew it. Wow, you are controversial. (laughs) I am. Look, it was phenomenal. There's just other movies I loved more. That's, you know, because there's only... You can only fit one movie in one slot, so when you start putting that those movies in, stuff's gonna get ranked down. And I have no no issues with this movie. It's just I didn't love it yeah. as much. I get it. Like if you like same thing. Like if you put two to two, like which would you rewatch? You, yeah, you would exactly. Put, yeah, I get it. I get it. Like my okay. Yeah. yeah, right. Like little, like poor us. We have twenty-seven fantastic movies to rank in right. here. <laughs> like my top ten are the movies I would rewatch on a rainy day or any time just to rewatch it. Anything else, I'm like, okay, I'll watch it just for the just for the you know next Marvel movie. Um, number fifteen, Ant Man and the Wasp. Paul Rudd, enough said. Like, I just love Paul Rudd and everything he does. He could be reading the phone book, and I'd be and I'd be loving it. Um, number 14, Iron Man. He, that's the starter. What else can be said? It started, started this whole journey. Um, 13 is Ragnarok. Thanks to a certain director that, and just the chemistry between, uh, Thor and Hulk. Uh, number 12 is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I'm surprised I ranked I think I I think I ranked mine the highest. Yeah, you did, you did, you did. Yeah, yeah. just because you know what I'm gl- I'm so glad that these shows are really starting to show um these side characters that have so much potential yeah. and giving them a chance to shine their light. Like Sebastian Stan, like I just love Bucky so much. Like I would die for Bucky, and the fact that he's really getting to show his range or even more of a range, and then with Falcon taking over, it's and and that just helped propel the future of the MCU as well. So that's, that's probably why I think I ranked it so high. Um, (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Um, And number 11, I think, uh, I think Leo, you ranked this the same one. Um, Ant-Man. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, I kind of feel like this movie is kind of, I know there are no indie movies in the MCU, but I feel like if there was going to be an indie, this is going to be it. And it's the underdog. Yeah. And I like know this, I said, it, I know I said my top ten is the one that I would rewatch over and over, but we'll include number eleven. It's the yeah. runner up. Ant Man is like, like literally is like at any point, any mood, and you put it on. It's like a really, it's mm. just a solid movie, an yeah. unexpected solid movie that is. It didn't get like the crazy premiere that everyone else got, mm-hmm. but like its longevity is legit. And there we go, it's number eleven. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Alrighty, so coming in at number ten is Iron Man, the one that started it all. Um, yeah, what can be said? This is kind of a, what led us to where we are today, and kind of what if you if you guys remember, Disney didn't know Marvel at first, so this movie probably opened their eyes to say maybe we should invest in this. Yeah, dude, you're right. This is literally an indie film. Yeah. This was yeah. like them them going out on a limb and saying like, hey, I, we can do better movies than Fox can. And- yeah. so this is actually i give disney a lot of credit uh as a blu-ray collector and meg is a blu-ray collector as well that they've been able to put together a box set for the mcu because Mm -hmm. uh incredible hulk is a universal film and uh, iron man is a paramount film yeah so but yeah if it wasn't for this movie and rdj's performance in this movie we wouldn't be here today so uh my number nine leo's a little low the avengers 
I mean, look, the way I see it for you, Dave, is and and, and Meg, in the ten, it's like go ahead, switch them up, go with different orders. It maybe today one one thing could be number nine, maybe tomorrow it's number four. Like, yeah, whatever. for me, <laughs> the, for me, the Avengers is a little lower than the other ones because while at that moment we looked at it as my God, there's four superheroes yeah. on the screen at the same time, or five or six. We can't get bigger than this. And then Endgame said, actually, Infinity War said, hold my beer. And then Endgame said, here's a keg. So. <laughs> but, you know what it is? We sound like drug addicts. It's like what? Like the first time we were cool with just like a puff or a pull. Now yep. we need like opium and meth. We're, like, we're very much spoiled MCU brats at this point. <laughs> like if we get something like Black Widow, which is a much... It's still big, but not as big as everything else we've got. And we're like, wait a minute. There should be like 97 villains in this movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, Avengers is still great. And we get Loki. And it's kind of the... Is this the first Infinity Stone we see in here, right? The, oh, the Tesseract. The Tesseract is an yeah, Infinity yeah, Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get the first Infinity Stone here. And what would be the Infinity Stones? Um, next up for me is a movie that changed Thor entirely for me, Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi's direction. I give all the credit to Taika Waititi because he realized how good Chris Hemsworth is as a comedic actor, and he's able to channel that as out of him. And I got to say, Korg is my homie. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love him. And do you know who plays Korg? Taika Waititi. No, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Look, now I gotta go rewatch that now. Yeah, he is he is fantastic in as Korg and just the whole movie itself. It's a it's essentially a buddy cop comedy with him and and um and Hulk. And I will say, Hella is a very underrated Marvel villain. She actually wasn't that bad at all. I think she was actually really all. solid. Uh, next up for me is probably my second favorite Spider Man movie outside of Spider Verse. And maybe Spider Man too. Uh, Homecoming. I think yes. this movie did one thing that put it all the way in the top tier for Marvel for me, and I think you guys will agree. They didn't kill Uncle Ben. He was already dead. We don't need to see that again. Yep. He's already Spider-Man. Um, and I will say it's I hold Vulture in high ranking in terms of Marvel villains because he really does have reason to do what he does. And it also has one of the best twists of any Marvel movie because I did not see him being her father yeah. at all. So when that scene happened and he opened the door, I'm like, oh shit. Like yes. this thing, the stakes just got higher. Um, and just everything about it. Just, a, a, it's a very heartfelt movie. And I love Tom Holland. I think he is easily the best Spider-Man we've ever had because he's not 76 years old. <laughs> Playing a 16 year old. <laughs> yep. Uh, number six is Captain America civil war. So I I used to actually have this a lot higher, but when has things have progressed, this one actually did go down a little bit for the fact that once again, my spoiled MCU brat mind, I'm like, oh my god, they are twelve heroes on screen fighting each other. It'll never get bigger than this. And then we get Infinity War and Endgame and so on and so forth. But I will say what I love about this movie outside of the airport scene is captain america well steve and tony's like inner turmoil and we get that final battle at the end yeah. i think that's much more emotional that people give it credit the reason it goes down a little bit is because the movie doesn't really have a villain 
Because I don't think Zemo's really does much here. And Leo, you're looking at me like I think you're wrong. No, 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 no. So you're right. I think Zemo, Zemo's, he's responsible for the actions, but, but he doesn't really, really do like, anything. He doesn't really do. He's like it's screen time. If you, it's funny how we, you know, how we always joke about the whole like uh, Tony Stark, how much screen time as Iron Man in Iron Man Three, and yeah. like Batman, how much screen time as Batman in, uh, in Dark Knight Rises. In Dark Knight Rises, it's like how much screen time did Zemo have in this movie? I'd love to count, but it's probably less than twenty minutes. Yeah, I, would probably no, say I agree it. with you. I agree with you. Um, coming in at number five is Black Panther. Um, another movie that really sets up it's more of a social commentary as well on society and also establishes one of the best villains the MCU's ever had with Killmonger. Um, yeah. Everything he does is justifiable. I mean, in his sense, and I get why he's doing what he's doing. The movie drops for me because that final act, the CGI, is some of the worst in the MCU when they're fighting in that tunnel. And I also drop it low because I have a distinct feeling that we're getting Killmonger back. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that's how T'Challa is. Even though a lot of people say Shuri, but her off-screen things that got her in trouble with Disney may prevent her becoming Black Panther. So we'll find out next year. And going into the top four now, Guardians of the Galaxy is my number four. Um, So good. I've never been more surprised by a Marvel movie than Guardians of the Galaxy because I never read about I never read Guardians of the Galaxy. I never knew anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. I was I was kind of told by a a friend of mine. Um he had a screening for his site and this is before my site even existed. He was like, "Hey, this Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it's actually really funny." And I'm like, "Oh, I thought it was just another Marvel movie." Then I saw my I went to the theaters that Friday and I was like, "Whoa." Like I laughed so much. So, so much. Um, and their chemistry together is fantastic. Yeah. And it also offers up, Leo probably touch on it later, one of the most emotional moments for me as a Marvel fan is when Gru sacrifices himself in that. Mm. And he's like, we are Gru. And I'm like, like aw. Mother freaking Vin Diesel made grown people tear up <laughs> and get emotional. I like, usually I cry because I. Words. Three words. I usually, yeah, I usually, ha- I usually cry because I have to watch Vin Diesel movies. This one is because <laughs> he actually made me cry. Um, and then, yeah, I, the three, three words were not even related to family either. Yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. But I will say, <laughs> this movie's fantastic, but this villain is god awful. It's terrible. And then, top three, I don't think it gets better than this for me. Uh, obviously, my number one, I'll, I'll hold, but Captain America: The Winter Soldier. This movie is essentially a spy film, a Jack Ryan film, a Bourne film. It does so much to differentiate itself from the Marvel films that essentially sets the tone for future Marvel films. Um, This put the Captain America franchise on like another pedestal and pretty, I think, cemented Steve's version of Cap as top tier. And first, we got our first Falcon here. Yes. And this is when we get On Your Left for the first time. And this, we get the Winter Soldier. I mean. Bucky. Bucky. I mean, this the whole Bucky arc has always been very intriguing for me. And just seeing this version of it is was extremely intriguing. Little thing I didn't like. And no one ever talks about it. They kind of hinted at a Nat Steve romance. And they never talked about it again. I was going to talk about that in mine. <laughs> so I'll wait to you. I'll, I'll let you talk about it more, Meg. And then my number two, 
is uh is a two pack here, Avengers Affinity War. Yeah. Um I look at it full circle. We got ten years. I feel the way and I and a great comparison I like to use is the way I felt when I watched Dexter. I think Dexter started off as one of the best shows on television and it ended as one of the worst. It's all about how you put the stamp on everything you've done. If you feel, if you make your audience feel like you didn't waste 10 years of your life, then you executed it. And I think Infinity War set that up. And it also had the balls to end the way it did. Even though we knew they were coming back, there are casual fans that probably didn't know that. Yeah. And it did a great job. And Thanos is fantastic. So, Leo, you're up. Yeah, no, uh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the, the the top 10 is pretty much, I think, pretty much the same exact movies, D, just in different order. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, like, my number 10 is Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Tom Holland, amazing as, as Peter, and just giving it that youth, that exuberance, that, like, he's a hero, but he's not quite at, like, the grown level of the other Avengers. Like, he's still yep. a kid trying to grow into being a hero, trying to impress and I think that's something that the other the other Spider-Man before him just they didn't really have. Um, the, a hot, hot, a hot Aunt May was definitely interesting too. But uh, that's something I never thought I would see. But <laughs> Vulture, uh, Michael Keaton. You put Michael Keaton in anything, and you know I'm gonna be a fan. Yes. Uh, uh, but number nine, a little lower than I I guess I would expect it. But then it makes sense with the rest of the movies. Is Academy Award nominated Black Panther? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the first MCU movie to be nominated for first, Academy First comic book movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Didn't it like, win for costume, too? It won costumes and score. And score. Okay. score yeah. yeah. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, yo, it, it, it really did set a, a different type of like uh, of, of of expectations for comic book movies. Logan obviously did it as well with the Fox Studios, but it, comic book movies could take, be taken a little bit more seriously. Yeah, as far I think as, like, so. In terms of like the Oscars, movies have been nominated. Comic book movies have always been nominated for like text, like score, yeah. production design, cinematography, visual effects. Uh, so Black Panther was the Logan was it kind of had a three year trajectory. Yeah. So Logan was the first to be nominated for um, for uh, screenplay. Then Black Panther was picture. Then Joker was the first one to lead in nominations. So like it's. Pro- slowly getting higher up with yeah, the oscars slowly, it's becoming more acceptable more acceptable and people are starting to like gravitate like oh wait these are not just like fun action flicks there can be true substance there mm-hmm. and black panther i think was one of those things where like culturally it made such a big impact um and i mean look chadwick Boseman, rest in peace a fantastic movie great great movie yep um, my number eight thor ragnarok uh just a fun good time and just based on dark world based on thor one to revitalize the Thor franchise was a high task to do, and um and it did it. It did it. It brought it. It brought it back. It made it now one of the more popular characters in in the MCU. I think Chris Hemsworth re-signed up. He was. I think his contract was about to be up after Ragnarok. Yes, it was. He, he re-upped because he loved working with with, with TT so much. Um, it's a fun fact. The screenwriter for Ragnarok is the screenwriter for Black Widow. So like ah makes sense makes sense yeah it's like it's one of those like oh you know what I can see some of those like quick banter quick ups it's like little it's parallels a, yeah it's a really cool really cool um the, the, yeah I I, I love Ragnarok I think it definitely made me love Thor more than I thought I I I could 
Um, my number seven is the OG Iron Man one. Like Dave said, it's an indie film. Um, I know I remember this time a lot more differently than David does because I was not a fan of what Fox was doing with the Marvel prop with the Marvel properties at all. I wasn't a fan of what Fox was doing with the Fantastic Four, and I wasn't a fan of what Sony was doing with Spider Man. And clearly, Marvel Comics was not happy with it either, to the point where they were like, "Listen, you're gonna use our characters' names. You gotta put some respect on it." and actually pay homage to the source material. Let us show you how it's done. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. I will say, that kind of started, I mean, where we're at, because 2008, we had Iron Man, but then The Dark Knight followed like two months later. Yeah. And then, but I will push back on the on the Fox stuff, because after that, we did get uh, First Class and Days of Future Pass. But again, first and Logan. Still, but First Class still didn't fix the problem. First Class still just kept on Fox doing what Fox yep. does. Which gotcha. is like, let us just pick these comic book names and just give them random powers and random storylines instead of just taking what, like, X-Men the Animated Series was a fantastic show because it took stuff from the comics and made it a little bit more digestible for 30 minutes. Yep. And Fox Studios has had the best library of characters of I mean, other than DC Comics and Warner Brothers, and they just fumbled the ball. And now, now that even exists. Yeah. Think yeah. about, think about. It's funny. I look at it. Sorry to cut you off, Leo. Think about like the uh-huh. swag Disney has to say. I want to own that Scarlet Witch name. We haven't been able to use it because Fox owns it. So you know what? I'm gonna buy you, and I'm just gonna just because I want to use the name Scarlet Witch. Exactly. Imagine where they came from to not being able to mention mutants, not being able to mention all the characters that they themselves created. Now to the point where like they did so well of a job, Disney bought them, gave them that that Big Brother mentality to be able to take whatever they wanted and play with. Um, my number six, I still have it higher than you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, just nostalgia value. My number six is still the Avengers yep, one. No, no hate there. Um, and just like you said, it was like that first little like all these heroes together, and it's like five of them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the, the thing that keeps calling back is you know like in Back to the Future, um, when Doc and Marty realize something must be important about nineteen fifty five because everything keeps coming back to this day. Do we ever find out what's so important about nineteen fifty five? No, by the way? no. But it's, it's funny because it's, it's like it, now they're watching like everything. It's like, it must be a Nexus event in that year or something. Yep. But um, to me, it's like 2012. Everything keeps coming back to Avengers 1. Mm-hmm. Endgame yeah. comes back to Avengers 1. Loki comes back to Avengers 1. Like, Avengers 1 is just incredibly important to everything that happens since then. Um, and it, it, to me, I, I can still just put it on and watch it and just, just really, really enjoy it. I um, think I might know why they keep... I mean, this is just my theory on it. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because up in... Up like before t- t- uh, 2012, we had all these individual movies, and then of course Avengers was the first movie that really tied everything together, and it gave the first chance of Marvel being like, "Wait a minute, we can expand this universe." And I know they kind of had the plan mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. that in the future, but it really showed the viewers any like any doubters. Yes, they're like, "Okay, you know what? This is just the beginning. This is we're not just going to end it here." Like, and now look, tw- like, that totally came nine years right. later, we have what 20 more films absolutely and now shows and in the next two years you were saying like about uh like being marvel making us drug addicts yeah yeah like eight what is it six to eight films and shows in the next two years like we're about to overdose on this i wonder so ready for it and i wonder and i i think we'll talk about it a little bit before we finish up about the future because i think marvel fans 
will be tested with the Eternals. And I will touch on that. Yes. As soon as we finish this, I yes. do want to touch on why I think that. But go ahead, Leo. Yeah, no, I think, Meg, you're totally right. It's Because like, before Avengers 1, it was a pitch, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to try this thing of, like, individual movies and bring them into, like, a big team-up. Like, it, it, it's, it, it works in the comics. It works in books. But does it work on film? And, like, until you finally see it on film, it's like, oh, wow, it does work on film. Like, and then since this happened, Warner Brothers has been trying to catch up. And it's like, and you know what? It, it hasn't worked as well. Like, even even um, Universal Studios with their monster universe has yeah. been trying to catch Whoa. up. Godzilla and King Kong. Like, it changed doesn't the game. Hold a candle. Can you, you know what's crazy about Godzilla versus Kong? When we look at the big picture of, like, all these universes trying to, mar- to do the Marvel, I think they've done it the best. Like, that of the people, the copycats. I think they've probably done it the best. Kong and Godzilla. Yeah, right? I think yeah, they've connected totally everything. I mean, this is not saying like they're the end all be all second tier, but like I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, they. If you really look at it, everything is connected pr- relatively nicely between Godzilla and then Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, yeah. and you know, you know what the first cinematic universe was that did this right. I know Meg doesn't like this franchise, but I've defend. I've talked about how they are the first MCU. Furious? No, Leo. <laughs> no, no, that I love. Harry Potter, man. Oh, wait, Harry Potter. The Wizarding World—they're the ones that kind of the first one to really do a continuous eight-movie arc and do it. I know Meg doesn't like it, but oh, I am like, yeah, no, they are definitely right. the first universe because it universe, wasn't until a couple I mean, of years yeah. ago. Until you know, up until like the whole. At first, I was like, oh, it's okay. It's just like what eight movies. But it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started learning that, like, the Fantastical Beast or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's connected as that well. That was like, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that that was part of so that that was part of the universe. Yeah. And they, oh, it's still not my cup of tea. It I'm sucks. Fast, fast. You know, you know what my what my when I was a little kid, what my first uh, like inkling that I was going to be into these like cross universes thing was that it, it didn't pay off the way I wanted to, but it was like fantastic when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, was it in Friday the Thirteenth? Jason goes to hell. The glove. Yes. When Freddy, yes. when that glove happened, I'm like, wait, are you telling me that in these movie franchises there can be crossovers? Like this is, a, this is amazing. Can, can I give you a backstory to that? Have I ever told you that backstory to that glove no. scene? So the reason that glove scene exists, Meg probably knows this because she's a big horror fan too. So Paramount Pictures owns Friday the Thirteenth Part One through Eight. New yes. Line bought the rights to um, Friday the 13th after Paramount's rights expired. Okay. When they're directing Friday the 13th, Jason Goes to Hell, or Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, they didn't have an ending. The director said, wait a minute, we own, like, we're New Line now. They own Freddy. Can someone just get a Freddy glove? The idea of Jason Goes to Hell was a movie to take place so they don't lose the rights in between uh, getting the script ready for Freddy versus Jason. They didn't know it would take eight, like ten years after that before the movie would actually come out. I actually out. did not know that. So huh. that's why Jason X exists because the rights are gonna about to run out. They're, on, run out. they're about to run out. So they had to make a movie to keep the rights. So that scene only exists because they didn't have an ending for Jason Goes to Hell. And if you watch Jason uh Freddy versus Jason, they never touch on that scene. 
They ever. don't, man. So, I was so excited. I'm not even a big horror fan, but like I remember when I saw that little little hint. I love that crossover. moment. Love it. Oh, love it. Yo, that's so cool. That's why I think yeah, you'll no. like The Conjuring, man, because everything's like connected somehow. Yeah, but I'm okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. My number five, yep. and this is funny that that we mentioned, like uh, Meg, when you mentioned like how it wasn't really for you, but number five for me, I remember. I don't. I think this might be my favorite musical collection of a movie, oh. like ever. Oh, the soundtrack. Guardi- Guardians yeah. one soundtrack, the soundtrack was phenomenal. Is like I, I don't. I remember just hearing all the music going with the scenes, and it's like classic rock music, and it's like wow, like. Like I, I, this is just a really cool blend of characters I never thought I would care about. Music that like is is some of it iconic, some of it a little bit more like obscured to me. Um, and I remember just listening to that soundtrack like with nonstop repeat yeah. for months. And I'm like, yo, like this movie to me, like, it, it, and it was the first time that it was confirmed that these are the Infinity Stones. Yeah, which, that's everything in motion afterwards. You know, going back to that soundtrack. That's a great road trip mix. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I will blast that. I, that's the one thing I do. I have to absolutely praise the movie for the soundtrack. The soundtrack. On parallel. I forgot absolutely. to mention, Leo, about Guardians. Next time you guys watch it, when you see the collector yeah. and he's talking about the Infinity Stones, it is the first. Now, when you watch everything in full circle and know what happens in Infinity War, if you watch the screens behind him, you see yeah. people co- turning to dust. Yes, what? Like the, yep. the, the giant, the giant um, is like a titan, I think. That yep. is like the elementals or something. That the, like yeah, you see the power stone and what it can do. Yep. So you see it in the background now that people. So it just shows like Feige knew where he was gonna go with Infinity War yeah. in mm-hmm. 2014. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. They have this stuff planned out for years. At, yep. Like as of now, they're planned out through 2028. Yep. Crazy, crazy. So it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, Guardians is still for me number five. My number four is Captain America: Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, just like they said, like back then, I was like, "This is so much fun seeing this airport scene. This is fantastic." Uh, but even I think now watching Black Widow, now watching um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like and th- seeing those branches of this story continue on, I'm like, "Yo, Civil War is like a really fantastic story." Um, and Zemo is someone I want to learn way, 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 way more about. Yeah. Um, and again, it introduced us to freaking Black Panther, um, which, which uh, again, is something that's definitely taken off on its own. Uh, my number three, my number two. So, D- Dave, the same top three. Um, I'm going to go Endgame as my number three. Ooh. And Infinity War as my number two. Um, Infinity War. Um, and it's just, they're really, they were experiences both in their own right. Um, it, there's nothing like seeing them in person. I know you two must have just like, love just being in a live environment with a huge audience and watching those scenes unfold yeah but you really you need them both there but yeah two infinity war three endgame all righty meg okay so remember how i said my list got all discombobulated is it combobulated again it is combobulated again (laughs) so 11 through 18 now gets shifted down one number okay go for it so number 11 should have been first avenger gotcha okay okay um, so number 10 is Civil War. Nice. I actually just rewatched that movie on Thursday to lead up for Black Widow. And Black as Widow, much yeah. as I love that movie, I'm watching it and I was like, damn, the only, the really most iconic scene is the airport scene. Mm-hmm. Cause they've relied so heavily on it and the trailers. And, and like Leah said, we got introduced to Black Panther and it really was the first one, first, uh, movie where we really got to see this version of, um, Spider-Man. So 
I loved it, but the rest of the movie, I'm like, Ugh, it's just Tony and Cat being pissed off at each other. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's the only reason I, I lowered it. Um, number nine is The Avengers. And what really can be said that hasn't been said already. Yep. Um, but my favorite scene in that entire movie is um, when in the final fight, when they have, I think it was like a minute and a half constant scene, no cuts, yes. where you see all of them fighting different, either like the henchmen or the hench villains, whatever, and then the big monster, and they just go back and forth and just all one shot. That's like, without a doubt, my favorite shot. Yep. Um, number eight is Homecoming. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely, like I said before, I loved Holland. He's my favorite Spider-Man. Um, and you guys kind of touched upon this too, where they showed uh, Keaton as her father. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Did not. Um, however, I will say, this is something we also talked about today. One thing that Marvel doesn't always get right is their final fights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is the one on the beach. Third act. That third yeah. act is a little bit yeah, of Yeah, this is yeah. the first movie I really remember sitting there in the final fight like, uh, okay, like that's it. Um, But apart from that, it was great. Seven, here's another controversial one. Endgame. Okay. Oh, man. That's still uh, your top ten, though. So that's I mean, look, it's what, still top ten. What, what, what's Guardians and BP went so low? Yeah, like, I, nothing like, will shock yeah, us. Go. That's be, when be I told free. you. That's when be I was free, like, Meg. "Be free." <laughs> I, I really expected Iron Man two to take the top spot. No, no, I, um, you know what? I'm actually glad I got to, you know, uh, pull one over on you with that. <laughs> um, so I mean, Endgame is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. The final fight was phenomenal, especially with all the girls running and like protecting Peter. But it was just mostly, I felt like it was all just smaller movies combined into one giant movie. Mm -hmm. Because you had, you know, Clint and Nat with the one area. You have, uh, I almost said Chris, <laughs> Steve, you know, in the other area. It's just, it felt like too much at one time, even though it was so amazing. Um, number six, I got to go with in, uh, in, Infinity. Oh my God, why am I saying I am losing track of all. It is Infinity War. Okay. <laughs> I have not had enough coffee today. <laughs> it's, um, it's the Comic Con ticket line that, that yes, got us like that. I am like my phone has been going off like so many times talking about like, did you get your ticket? Did you get this? Anyway, back to this. I just love there was just more going on. I'm more into the action scenes, mm -hmm. and my favorite part is I am Groot and I am Steve Rogers. Yes, I like that one. I do. That I, is my favorite shot in the whole movie, yeah. minus the dusting, and Wanda with the stone and Vision. It just it breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, number five, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I detailed why I love it, so please go. <laughs> I mean, I love. I, I'll get more into it when I start talking about my other uh, favorites, but is the first time we got to see WandaVision and you really got to see Wanda and sadly not Pietro transform from being the bad guys into Avengers. So it's, it's really their origin story too. And I've talked about this once before. Um, and it's just, it's so much happens in this. And then like you were saying, Leo, you got to see uh, cap with this, with the hammer yeah. Yeah. and it's just, it kind of just launches so many different things like without that we wouldn't have civil war and this Kovia, you know we so much happens and then they even reference it back in black widow so yeah. it's it's 
yeah, it's the underdog of the Avengers movies, but you need it because look at how many times it has popped up in various different Marvel projects over the years since what, what was it, 2015? 2015. Yeah, Yeah, I knew you'd appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Number four, this used to be my number one movie for a long time, Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. I agree 100% everything that David said as far as the spy film. Um, However, talking, you kind of mentioned about Nat and Steve. I get pissed off when they try to force romances mm-hmm. because they tried it with Nat and the Hulk. And Bruce, yeah. And Bruce, yeah, I don't know why I'm like flaking on these names today, yeah. but they tried it. I, they were trying so hard to push these romance agendas and it just didn't work. And I feel like after after uh, Nat and Steve, they're like, okay, you know what? We're done with this. They're not together already. They're not getting together now. Yeah. Um, Number three is Captain Marvel. Which I know you guys, yeah. I know she's not really meant to be liked, but I just love her origin story. And kind of like what I said about Age of Ultron, how you got to see her from going from the opposite side to really find out who she really is and the transformation into becoming Captain Marvel. Um, And number two, it was Agatha all along. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> That, yeah, man. WandaVision, wow. I forgot about <laughs> Agatha. We talked about it. You and I talked about it. I totally forgot about Agatha. Like, they did, literally went through every single stage of grief. And, you know, Elizabeth understood the assignment to a T. And I'm just so excited to see her in the rest of Phase 4. Like, she's really going to get a chance to shine. And this was the first inkling of it. And if anybody still has any doubt whatsoever that she is not the strongest Avenger... Mm-hmm. This just this should have just changed everybody's mind. We actually talked about um, on the podcast back in January, February. Leo and I were saying that um, would be a nice twist if she's a big bad. You know what? I was thinking that too, especially with um, the multiverse coming up. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like that's gonna happen, and but they're gonna. I don't I don't think they're gonna kill her off. If no, 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 no. I think she'll eventually she's turn Ultron back and bring her back. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they'll do the Phoenix story better than. Fox could ever do the Phoenix story. <laughs> um, no, I agree 100%. So, yeah, and then I guess I'll finish up now. My number one is Endgame um, for many reasons. Uh, it's the best theatrical experience I've ever had, and I've seen many, many, many movies in theaters. Um, the audience itself just added to that experience. As a comic book reader since I was a little kid, I never expected, I never had, I never thought I would see a Avengers Assemble moment when you yes. see all these heroes on the screen and that literally i cried many times during that movie and that was the first time that i started to hear up just because of the fact that i'm like yo look at everyone it feels like a panel i'm go a large a large scale panel when i'm reading these books and i'm seeing all these heroes and i'm like yo this isn't in a comic book this is like this is like on a theater screen like what is going yeah. on um and honestly something that i said on the podcast for 12 months was I don't care how Endgame ends. I just want Peg and Steve to have their dance. And you can go back and look at it. And because of everyone in the Avengers, in every single movie, everyone has a selfish act except Steve. Steve never does anything selfish for himself. And that one time he did was to be with the woman he loves. And I thought that, like, perfect bow on his story. Um, The Tony snap. That's not the memorable part for me. It's his death. 
it's Pepper telling him, you can rest now. You can rest now. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? What else can be said? I mean, I'm, I'm just going through everything. Like, everything about this movie just really hits me on an emotional level. Um, I love that you oh. called that out about, about Steve Rogers and his willingness to be, like, to be just, like, altruistic and, and, uh, and giving. Because if you remember, in a very beloved movie called Avengers Age of Ultron, when uh, Scarlet Witch <laughs> takes over all their minds and they all see like different fears, Cap doesn't really have a fear, but you yeah. do see that Peggy makes an intro or an appearance in his vision too. There you go. You're making me rethink Age of Ultron, guys. <laughs> um, go rewatch it today. <laughs> maybe no. I'm gonna rewatch the entire MCU when we get to the Eternals because it's the first one that really takes place after after everything. Um, so yeah. Endgame is my number one. I think it may always be my number one because it just does everything it needs to do to put a bow on the entire first 10 years of the MCU. And for that, I'm so grateful that it exists. Uh, Leo. Well said, dude. Well said. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, with the top three, I'm going to go with Captain America, the Winter Soldier as my top dog. Um, It's just something where it's it's such a good film overall. And I know you guys mentioned the the Cap Nat attempt. I took it a little differently. I took it a more of like a a brother sister relationship than a than a, a romantic thing. Because even mm-hmm. in Age of Ultron, which we're gonna keep calling back to, um, <laughs> Steve Steve even like gives Bruce advice about her. Like when when like he's thinking about like where they're gonna go, and he came off as like a guy that's like, oh no no, she's she's a friend of mine. I know how she is. It takes a lot for her to like break that shell. Um. But yeah, I think I think for me, Winter Soldier, I uh, I loved it. I thought it was really well done. It, it was a very gritty, very down to earth in a world of freaking flying and power blasts and like it was just a hand to hand combat, really cool political thriller that just harkened back to like the '90s. Yeah. Um, and it was something that like it it, it felt kind of standalone. I mean, granted, there was stuff that happened that blew up in other places, but like I could I could put that on right now, and it just feels like fantastic. Um, you can't go wrong with any of those, uh, but I'll stick with uh, Winter Soldier as my number one. Awesome. And then one last uh, one last note on that I forgot to mention about Endgame of uh, Morgan Stark, uh, the tear. One of the most oh. emotional moments of, of the movie for me was like when she's looking at her father and he's like, "I love you three thousand or whatever. But when she's talking to Happy, and oh, she's like, dreams. and she's like, "I want cheeseburger," and it harkens back to like. You want. And it's like it goes right back to 2008. It's like, oh, so great. I know what your number one is, Meg. Go for it. Before I say that, I think you need to give Leo and I our own show where we can just praise Age of Ultron for an hour and a half. I think you guys should. You should do like a – I'm going to give you guys one week. So you do like 90 minutes scene-by-scene retrospective about how Age of Ultron is great and how Ultron is not a garbage villain. Because I'll give you guys credit on all the Ultron stuff. None of you guys – talked about how oh. terrible ultron is you know what i was thinking of doing it for my own channel so maybe we'll do it there we'll see because <laughs> i have a list of films where i need to be like they're not as bad as you think they are oh can, anyway. can you tease can you give me like two that you have on your list or is it like um, not too many yet okay well age of ultron is definitely okay. one of them um wonder woman 84 i agree with you 100 percent there and jenny will love this one no grace too Oh, yep. my yep. Lord. Oh, uh, Leo actually watched Greasy for the first time last year. Really? Okay, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> All right, go for it. <laughs> All right, no no surprise, Black Widow. I've been campaigning for this movie for, what is it, 
20 some almost 20 years now mm. like 15 16 years i've been campaigning for this it should have been a phase one movie but now that i see how they did it i am so glad it was a phase four movie um i mean what what can be said that we haven't said already um you know what i one thing i do love that they did i hated in endgame how they never how nat never got her funeral but I love in Black Widow that in the mm, post credit scene, she got to have that. It wasn't a full-on funeral, but it showed that people were paying respects with like Yelena cleaning up the stuffed animals and the cards. And so it was it was a little nod. I feel like Marvel was like, you know what? We got a lot of hate for this. We got to justify it. Mm-hmm. And they did that. It's just, like I said, before that, it was Winter Soldier for all these years. And that just... Between that and WandaVision, it completely just annihilated my entire list to the point I got so discombobulated today. Nice. Um, I am still in denial because I'm still thinking that she's going to come back one day. But that just could be because I am such a Black Widow fan. But if not, I am very ex- excited that the baton got passed to Florence because she will take it and she will run with it. I not walk, run. I agree. Meg is waiting for the Two Black Two Widow f- sequel that's coming to uh <laughs> Disney Black Two Widow to Disney Plus. And then and then uh Black Widow Budapest Drift. Yes. Oh, finally, yes. finally the sequel we all been wanting. <laughs> and then the fate the fate of the widow. The fate of the widow. Okay, that just sounds depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we finished our list, great list, guys. Before we finish up for the day, out of all everything that's coming up, because we call that that's uh, Phase Four Sizzle Reel, like a few months ago, which one you already got Black Widow? Whatever from what's left, what are you most anticipating? If you could give me two movies, if you haven't memorized, so I'm going I'll Doctor Strange. So I'm going. Doctor so, Strange yep. and Quantumania. I think Eternals is going to be fun. I think Shang-Chi is going to be fun. But Doctor Strange and Quantumania, I think, are going to be integral to where, like, the end cap of this phase are going to go into. Meg, do you have any? Um, The multiverse. Of course. And the Marvels. I'm very oh, excited about the Marvels. One. I'm very excited. I think that one's going to be really, yeah. really good. Um, I feel like it's an underdog, and the fact that you're combining, um, you know, Captain Marvel, Kamala Khan, and who was who was the other one? I forgot. Oh, well, they're going to have um, the um, the girl from from WandaVision. WandaVision. Um, yes, um, yes. Uh, Monica, Monica, Monica. Monica yeah. Ram- yeah. The fact that you're having those three, it's just whoo. For me. For me, I'm with Leo I'm, and Meg. I'm multiverse, and I will be. I I am gonna say it. Fantastic Four, <laughs> because oh yeah, I, it, it, they can't possibly do this wrong again. <laughs> I just, no. I I'm hoping that um, right now it's just a casting. That's all I'm worried about who they who they get for the four. But I will say my biggest intrigue on response would be the Eternals. Yeah, because. Leo knows, and I don't know if you've seen. So Chloe Zhao just became the second woman to win the Academy Award for Best Director. Yes, I've seen Nomadland. Leo, you've seen Nomadland. I don't know if you've seen. I've seen the trailer to the Eternals. This very much feels like Nomadland, but with superheroes. Nomadland is a very cerebral, slow-paced character study, 
And I think that's what Eternal's going to be. And I think anyone that's expecting full-fledged like action for two hours, I don't think yeah. you'll be getting that. So that's why I'm very curious as to like what the Marvel diehards are going to think and what like... I think it's going to be like Last Jedi. It's going to be critically mm-hmm. loved and then the the cinema score or whatever is going to be a lot lower because it's not going to be what everyone expects. That's kind of my prediction. I love I, that. So, but yeah, that's kind of where my big intrigue is on actual response. Everything else everyone's going to love. So You're either going to love it or hate it. I don't think there's going to be anybody yep. in between. Totally agree it. with you. It's either going to make your top 10 or make your lower 20s. Yeah, I agree. And I think with the Eternals, it's just an interesting concept because I'm like, this is, they decide to, you know, they've always been around and they decide to come mm-hmm. back now. What were you doing, like Thanos, like snapping half of the world yep. out of existence? Unless they explain they were snapped out, but that wouldn't make any sense either. So I'm um, very curious to where you go from that. And then phase five, we finally get the mutants, which will be very interesting. Yes. And Leo, Leo's probably can't wait for the day that happens. Finally, man. Finally. They're out of that dungeon that Fox put them in and then into like correctly, <laughs> finally. Leo, last thought before you go. You're yeah. Kevin Feige. You have the mutants. Who is directing? Wow. I would love to get Scorsese in this just to make him like. <laughs> I think throw. he should. I really think he should direct the Marvel movie. It would be like a six hour like com- <laughs> character study epic. Yo. Having Martin Scorsese do like a six hour epic on like the OG five X Men with yes. like Professor X and Angel and Iceman, I'd be all for it. So but you know no, what? I mean... I'm gonna go with Martin Scorsese too. <laughs> and then last question for Meg. Cast the Fantastic Four. Okay, so I know the fans have been campaigning for um Krasinski, Krasinski and Blunt. Blunt. Yeah. As long as it's not them. What? I Look, I think they are both now fantastic you're never actors. Getting invited back to the <laughs> I know, I know. Wait, 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 I can defend this though. Go for it. I think they are absolutely both fantastic actors, and Krasinski has proven himself as a fantastic director. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like at this point they are it's... starting to get overrated, only because the fans have been saying them for so long now. That oh yeah, that's Marvel true. Makes it, they're just giving in, and I don't want I don't want them to give the fans what they want. I want them to either, I want them to find nobodies. Yeah, I want they, them they, they, they to find people that can exactly. Yeah. I want them to find like because all right, now think about Scarlett Johansson for example. She had been going up the ranks for a little while. Yeah. As soon as you enter the MCU, boom. Elizabeth Olsen, same thing. She was doing mostly kind of indies here and there, but then boom, every almost every single person in a Marvel movie, their career has catapulted. The only, the this. only, the only argument I agree with the no name. If it wasn't Fantastic Four, I think Feige knows how often they've Fantastic Four has not been done right. So I think they're gonna mm-hmm. go. F- I don't know. I I actually have given up hope that it's Krasinski and Blunt. I actually agree with you. I don't think it's gonna be them. Um, I actually don't know who I would cast because I've I've been on those two for fucking years so i have no idea but would you, you, know would, what? you would you take krasinski without blunt no or would you say that no. you think they're a package deal i think they're <laughs> actually if i don't get krasinski at all within playing the character i would love him to direct it direct, but we're right? but okay, we're, i'm fine with directing it 100 percent with that but you know what you know how you're talking about like how they kind of had the track record with fantastic mm-hmm. four i would even be okay if it was a mixture 
like half half well known names, half. Uh, I like that. I like that. And a lot. I'm okay with Krasinski directing. I think he would do a phenomenal job. It like, sucks. I actually didn't even hate the Jessica Alba version. I know Jenny's a fan of that one too, and I think Ryan is a fan of that one yeah. too. Uh, I, but John Watts is directing uh, Fantastic Four, which is um, the director of Spider Man. So we do yeah. we are in good hands. So wait, turn- which Spider Man? Homecoming. Homecoming. Oh, then I'm gonna love it. Then. Actually, he directed both Spider Man, so he's direct he he directed Far From Home and uh, No Way Home as well. So he's directed okay. all three of them. Um, but yeah, that wraps everything up. This is a great, great discussion. We actually went over two hours. I'm very surprised. Um, but this is a great discussion. We love talking Marvel. Meg, thank you so much for coming. Uh, do you want to plug you. anything? Uh, you know, I got a bunch of new videos as I kind of teased coming up with defending certain movies that certain people don't like. Um, got a lot of rankings coming up. Going to be doing some reaction videos, especially with uh, San Diego Comic Con coming up. So, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Meg the Geek, go check it out, and see you there. Leo, next week we are going to cover a cinematic masterpiece, a movie that I know you've been wanting to cover. It's celebrating 25 years. It is nothing short of one of the greatest movies ever made by one of the greatest actors of all time. We are covering the legendary sports film, Space Jam. (laughs) Until then, see you at the movies.